And I want to thank my mother. I want to thank my mother. I'd like to thank my mother. Thank my mom. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. Mama, esto es para ti. My mother, I love you. Mama, she has taught me well. Told me when I was young. And there are no words to describe how much I love you. I want to thank my mom, who's given me the strength to fight every single day to be who I want to be and to give me the courage to dream that this dream might be happening and possible for me. I love you, Mom, so much. So, Mom, this one's for you. Sagapopoli. Ordering a banana cream pie at Heidi Pies in San Mateo, California. I'm Schmitty, and this is Talkin' Schmidt. Today is Mother's Day, and we're going to try and honor all you moms, mothers, and madres out there. We're going to have fun, but we might get a little sappy too. So let's go ahead and dive in por la Dia de Madre. Hi, this is Susie Horn Sosna, mother of Alex Horn, also known as Cranny, and you're listening to Talkin' Schmidt. By the way, does anyone know where his wallet is? That's right. Today is the day. She was like the skate mom. Mom was in there gripping boards. My mom got me a babysitter. Get down the street and scare my mom. My mom got it out of garage sale. And then I'm like, who is that fucking clown? Her mother is a pro skateboarder. Because it's my mom. So my mom's a midwife. She's an angel in the sink. I was devastated. Sounds like I'm out of the loop. Fire away, man. Life is good at being a skate mom. I love it. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special Mother's Day episode. For the first time in the history of the podcast, we're coming to you on a day different than Tuesday. Who better to give the special honor of their own day and their own episode than dear old mom. Today we salute and honor all the rad moms of the world out there. Moms of skaters and skateboarding moms. I got some interviews, some reflections and excerpts from past episodes, some personal stories, and some tunes singing praise to good old mama. And before we start, I want to just give a shout out to my mom. That's right, Judith Eileen Lavelle. Shout out. Born Judith Eileen Silva. She took me to wrestling matches and had us front row at pay-per-views. She uh, was instrumental in my skateboarding and even supported me to the point where she let me build a half pipe in our backyard. She talked back to the police when they gave us shit for me skating in the streets of San Carlos. She also was there as a huge support for my mental catastrophes. All my anxiety, all my fears, all my insecurities, everything that I struggled with growing up, good old mom was there to be the backbone and support that I needed and encourage me with all the positivity she could muster. Mom, I know you're listening because you're my biggest fan and I just want to say I love you so much. I'm so happy to know that I can call you at any time with anything and bring up any topic or talk to you about anything. And it's never weird or different than you just being my mom. And I know that not a lot of people can say that, and I feel very lucky. So thank you for everything you've done and all that you continue to do. 
And for all you other rad moms out there, I hope this podcast, you know, gives you a little smile and lets you know that we're not always giving you the credit you deserve, but in the back of our mind, it definitely is there. We think about you and love you probably more than we let you know. This episode is for you. Damn, sounds like I'm getting the wrap it up music. Well, let's start the show. Hey everyone, this is Dandy from 510 Skate Shop wishing all you moms out there a happy Mother's Day. Remember to give your mom a call today, she'll be stoked. Our moms are there for so many of the important milestones in our lives. First words, first steps, and from there, many moms are the portal to us getting our first skateboard. My mom took us both to the park and signed us up. Skateboarding found me. I was uh, shopping with my mom. I just found it online and had my mom buy it. And then my mom took me to La Jolla Surf Systems, which is a surf shop down in La Jolla, and and picked up my first quote-unquote real skateboard, which is a, it was a GNS board. And it was a big deal. My mom spent like, you know... A hundred dollars. My mom bought my older brother a GT board from Emporium. My mom got it at a garage sale for eight dollars. And I just heard someone else say some shit that they got their first board and it cost eight bucks too. So if you get a board for eight dollars, then your destiny is going to be skateboarding forever. <laughs> In some cases, our love of skateboarding became a passion of our moms also. My mom must have just got fully rubbed the wrong way by an employee or something because I just remember her coming up to me and being like, hey, put everything down. We're out of here. And I was like, what? And so we left, not knowing that that would kind of like spark them. Like my mom probably told my dad the story. And then my dad's like, you know what? Why don't we open our own? So my mom was like the main ingredient of the shop at first. Yeah, my mom was in there gripping boards and stuff. And I, like, yeah, I remember like using a payphone and checking in and they were like, this is really happening. I can have a skate shop. And I was like, no way. You know, I just like couldn't believe it. Lots of times our moms wanted to support us and did all they could to help. My mom was awesome. And uh, she kind of picked up on the fact that me trying to skateboard in Kansas was just like torture. So she helped out as much as she could. And like before I had a driver's license, she'd drive me to the park in Wichita to skate. Sometimes they wanted to help. So they introduced us to people who would change our lives. When I was in, in Modesto, my mom had this boyfriend and uh, he had a son and he skated and he fucking had a skateboard and I, I had a quarter pipe. So he introduced me to skating. And then I had a babysitter. My mom got me a babysitter. And he was into fucking punk rock and skateboarding. And dude, that came hand in hand. Dude, I was like in sixth, seventh grade, dude. And he was taking, you know, he was babysitting me because my mom was a bartender. So he would take me to punk rock shows, like when punk rock was fucking crazy. And then skating. He built a quarter pipe in front of his house. So like, that's where I just like, dude, this is what I want to do right here. And sometimes our moms were freaked the fuck out, but they trusted us to do the right thing. Most of the time. My, my mom just threw my skateboard in her trunk and drove off with it. And then I didn't have a skateboard for the day. So I was like, okay, I wasn't going skating. And then I was kind of wised up and I had two skateboards. I had one at school and one at home. And one time she locked my skateboard in the garage closet. 
and I like MacGyvered my shoelaces and then picked the lock. I just basically looped my laces around the, the latch and pulled it yeah. as I pulled the door and it opened. There was only two colleges I applied to. One was SVA, the other one was Cal Arts in Valencia. And I got accepted to the New York one first. And I was like, fuck, guess I'm going to New York. Didn't know anything or anybody about New York except for skate spots. My mom, before I left, she was tripping. She was like, how are you going to meet people? Like, what are you going to do out there? Like, you don't have any friends out there. And I just held up my board. And I was like, with this, this is how I'm going to meet everyone. And sure enough, that's how I met everyone. And that's why I'm fucking sitting right here talking to you. So I called my main man, Joe Hammocky, down in Burbank, California, and I said, Joe, give me your top three rad moms. And he said, Schmitty, I'm boarding or off-boarding? And I said, well, let's hear both of them. He said, off-boarding, I want to give it to uh, Daniel Lutheran's mom, Sharon Lutheran, Lisa Pabich, and uh, Regan Barris. And I said, okay, well, who you got on board? He's like, Schmitty, Trixie Trujillo, Alex White, and Jessica Starkweather. We've heard from Trixie and Alex, obviously. Uh, Let's see if we can get Jessica on the phone out there in Maui. Hello? Hello, aloha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Uh, doing a little Mother's Day thing for uh, this podcast episode, and I wanted to pick your brain on some stuff. Okay. How's Hawaii? It's amazing. I love it. You're surfing every day? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty cool to have found like, something that, that kind of gets a new sport that you can do that, that you can you know, just slam on water and, but the progression level, you know, it's like uh, when you get, are into something new, it's challenging, but then it's also rewarding. Yeah. Back to like the, the early learning processes. Yeah. It's just like you're, it's like you're on a roller coaster going up. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I get frustrated sometimes because, you know, in my mind, I want to better than what I'm where I'm at sometimes or you know it's just surfing's challenging because sometimes you're in the right spot you get the waves everything works out and then you'll go have a session and it's fucking hard so <laughs> it's uh it's it's awesome all right how long have you been a mom uh, my older daughter Sophia is 21 damn time flies I know so how many kids do you have I have two I have two daughters and so my younger daughter is uh, she's going to be fourteen in July. What's her name? Uh, Lucia. How did you come up with the name situation? Was it? Did you have any like influence, or did it just come out of uh, your mind, or what? Well, I actually was talking to my friend Rachel Hockey, and I was like, I love the name Lucy, but I don't want to name her Lucy. And she was like, What about Lucia? And uh, I, I liked it. Rad. What's like been when you like pat yourself on the back and say, yep, I, I, it's rad having kids? Just kind of getting to see things through their eyes. I don't know. Getting to 
Uh, all the fun things that maybe necessarily you don't, you don't get to do when you get older, but then when you have kids, you get to see it through their eyes. So going to amusement parks or going to see Santa or, you know, trick-or-treating, it just kind of, it just, it makes you feel like a kid again to get to see it through their eyes. 21 years ago, you, uh, had your first child, and that was when you were photographed at Burnside? Was no, it... no, no, that was, well, she is the one that, that got the, the pregnant escape photo. Oh, it was the second one? Yeah, I was like 30. I know you've talked about this a million times, but what was going on with all that? I didn't really get heat from it until it went viral, like maybe about five or six years after it ran in Thrasher. It kind of went on the internet. And then, uh, you know, that was when people had a lot of negativity to say about it. But I just kind of, I just didn't really even pay attention to it. I've just learned to not really read comments so, about it. Right. For people that don't know, you you were at Burnside pregnant and, and you took a photo doing a frontside grind, right? Uh, so when I got pregnant... Um, you know, I went into, like, my training mode, so I was super active, and I kept going down to Burnside, and, you know, like, in, in the morning or something, and we just kind of rolled around off the pyramid and just cruise in it, and it just kept feeling so solid on my board. Um, like, not skating, I wasn't sessioning, but I would just, you know, get a couple laps, and I just continued to do that, and then... Um, I saw Hammocky at a 4th of July party. I just wanted to get a couple of pics, just kind of personal. I didn't think it was going to go in thrash or anything. So we met the 5th of July and shot those photos. And then I think my due date was like the 6th, but my daughter was born July 12th. So it was like oh. a week before she was born. I was oh. nine months pregnant. Wow. Okay. What's your influence been on them as far as, like, them and their, you know, like, did you push them into skating or surfing, or did you kind of let them kind of see what they wanted to do? Um, I definitely uh, tried to, <laughs> but um, as, as we all know, like, kids are going to do uh, what they want to do, and um, so, you know, I've, I've gotten my daughter to kind of come out and, and try surfing a little bit. But she's a, she's timid of the ocean, and um, right. so she's she's just not really into it. And skating, she can, you know she'll do laps, but it's not really her thing either. She likes uh, dancing, so I have her in dance classes, and she she didn't get the uh, lack of concern for her own personal safety like I got. <laughs> so she uh, she's a lot more cautious, okay. you know. Both of them were okay. Uh, what advice would you give to other mothers that their kids are like wanting to get into skateboarding? I mean, I think it's such an awesome sport to be into because it's not, you know, you kind of—it's something you can do with your kids. You're not—it's not a team sport. There's no winners or losers. You're all kind of losers, and it gives you that chance to express yourself. And it's a really good way to keep kids out of trouble because it's—you know—if you're not. Kids need to be busy, and if they're not, you know, focused on something, that's where they start getting in trouble and doing things that maybe aren't healthy for them. Are you going to celebrate Mother's Day at all? Oh, yeah. Um, 
Absolutely. We've been we've been really lucky out here. Pretty much still get to do all the things we like to do, you know, so you can be outside and you can exercise on the ocean. So we've just been doing tons of hikes and cooking and you know, getting in the ocean. I'm gonna go skate this morning. What? Nora's out here. So no way. we've been skating a little bit. What? Yeah. You're in Maui, right? Maui, yeah. By Lahaina? Uh no, we're gonna go skate that this morning, but um I'm in Olinda, so I'm up country. Ah, okay. Fuck, that Lahaina Park's fun, right? Yeah, it's so fun. Um, and I guess, so they kind of shut the parks, but um, I talked to some buddies that live out outside, and they've been skating, and they haven't been getting fucked with, so oh, we're going to go give it a try this morning. And then there's, a, there's we've had swells, a continual swell out here, so we're going to go get some waves after it gets hot out there. Where do you surf at like a paella that over there or where do you go up north? Um, I'm Ho'okeep is my favorite. It definitely is, I can push my limit. You know, we've had swell lately where um, it says four to six Hawaiian, and uh, you know, that's <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely like pushing my limits, but I mean, I like I kind of like that, you know, I like having that fearful edge. It's you know, I'm an adrenaline junkie, so right. It's definitely what what feeds my fire. Is it true that there's no tourism in Hawaii right now because of the COVID? Dude, it's so amazing. You can get I can get from my house to Honolulu Bay in like one hour, where it used to take forever. We've been going to like the beaches to swim, and it's these, like we went to Black Rock a couple of days last week, yeah. and. Um, it is amazing. Nobody on the beach is, is and it's usually just packed. So I mean, it's, we definitely are getting a treat that probably hasn't happened for many, many years out here. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that they're not allowing uh, tourists to fly in for uh, this month, maybe or or something. Yeah, well, they they can fly in, but they have to quarantine for two weeks. Um, so people have actually been like trying to jump on cheap tickets and fly over here and then are getting arrested because they're actually not staying in quarantine oh shit do you guys have anything planned for mother's day are you guys gonna barbecue uh, or anything yeah yeah we'll probably Ari is out here so we've been cooking up a ton so we'll just make some good food and yeah just try to try to just get outside Enjoy this beautiful island. Yep. Okay. Well, enjoy the day. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, thank you. Fuck, I'd love to get out there and fucking try to get in the water with you. Dude, that'd be awesome. I got, I got the, I got the haunted tours on lockdown. Oh, really? <laughs> all the fun, all the fun shit to jump off. And, do you, do you yeah, like that it's beautiful. Park? Huh? Do you like that park? park? Yeah. Yeah, it's so fun. Oh, really? And we have a new one. Yeah, we have a new one upcountry, too, called Pukalani. That one's super fun. And then did they fix the Kihei one? Dude, they, yeah, they did it. Um, Grindline came out. It wasn't their design. But, um, yeah, when I saw them building the park, I was like, man, it's freaking look small. But it's actually super fun. No I was, way. like, very happy. Very happy. Yeah, very surprised. Yeah. We a bunch of us did like a thirteen day camping skate trip out on just on Maui like a few years back. It was so sick. Oh right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well um good talking to you. Um thanks for spending the time. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks for the Mother's Day wish. And uh, yeah, aloha. Aloha. Stay in touch. All right, we'll do. Peace. Bye.
That was Jessica Starkweather out there in Maui. Lucky, lucky girl getting to surf, no tourism, hanging out with friends and family. Sounds like a real good situation to me. Let's see who else we can get a hold of out there on the uh, telephone today. (laughs) Hello, Don. How are you? I'm wonderful. Well, considering we're we're healthy and you know we're going a little stir crazy, but we're we're holding it down. And your little pupper is good. Yeah, she's uh, she's going out two to three times a day. We're getting her like uh, some poops because we live in an apartment building. Uh huh. Uh huh. So. Damn. Well, you know, what's <laughs> How- gonna be the new normal? Who knows. I know, exactly. It's been really crazy. Every day is a new... It's like Groundhog's Day waiting for the one day that's a dramatic change. Yeah, we had that one for the bad. Now we need that day for the good. I know, right? Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, you are prolific. I cannot believe you do this thing every week. Aww. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I mean, once a month would be a lot. I just do it on my free time. Like, you know, it only takes about an hour and a half or so. Well, good. Well, um, fire away, man. This is, life is good being a skate mom. I love it. Okay, awesome. Introduce yourself. Well, let's see. I'm Dawn Brees. A veteran of King of the Road. I have the best son on the planet. I grew up myself in Hawaii, met his dad skating up to me at UCSC on my first day of school. And we had this wonderful kid. And he had a passion for skating that I supported 100%, even from when he couldn't even walk. Um, myself, I do marine biology work. I've worked with marine mammals and seabirds for like the last 30 something years. And I love the outdoors. I love being on the ocean. I love protecting marine mammals so that they can flourish. And I blend that with being a skate mom. Mm-hmm. I kind of I, I put a little hiatus on that while Rave was growing up uh, because some of these surveys are like five months long. So once he kind of fledged, I started going back to sea again. And yeah, so I have this kind of bipolar life where I work at sea for five months and then I come home for six or seven months and then go back and do that again. Wow. Um, that's current. That's the current life. Okay, yeah. So for those that don't know, you are Raven Tershi's mom. Yes. Okay. And he, well, you might ask about this, but he's been blessed with having an incredible family as well. Absolutely. We know Joey and Nick, and uh, that's about as much as I know of his family personally, you and Joey and Nick. Well, I can tell you a little bit. Um, Raven's dad's grandpa is Joey's dad's grandpa's brother. Grandma's brother. Okay. So the Tershi, Tershishi, Tershay family 
immigrated from Lebanon, spread out across the country, and a lot of them settled in Sacramento, but Joey and Nikki lived in Cupertino, so when Rafe's dad, Bernie, and I were at Santa Cruz, we saw those guys a lot as little kids. And story has it, and I think it's true, Bernie gave Joe and Nick their first boards. And so they've kind of always been indebted to him. And in turn, boy, they hooked Rafe up from when he was just a baby. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's something you might not know. <laughs> What's that? Before Raven was born, I went to Antarctica with Peter Hewitt's dad. What? Roger Hewitt and I met each other in 1989. And he's like, yeah, I have two sons. This one son is up in Portland. They're building this thing under this bridge. And yeah, he's living the skater life. So oh at about God. the age of six, maybe seven, I was down in San Diego doing work to go to sea. And Raven and I were in San Diego, so I called Roger. I said, hey, we're in town. He goes, come for dinner, come for dinner. In fact, go meet Pete up in Encinitas at the Y. And so we went up there, but Pete wasn't there. Well, it turned out they had just built this huge half pipe that he flew over into another half pipe that he flew out the backside, Yeah. landed on the pavement, wrecked his back, but damn if he wasn't there at dinner and there was Peter and his brother Paul Mary Kay Raven and I and Peter hooked up Raven as a little six-year-old with this he was on Vans then full circle and he gave him stickers and posters and little <laughs> baseball card type things I still have the Peter Hewitt Vans baseball card from way back then and to this day, when Raven peels a sticker, he's like, Mom, it reminds me of that first time I met Peter, that smell, you Damn. know? So anyway, serendipitously, both his dad's side and my side have come together to have some good luck in the skate world. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, How yeah, cool. the Hewitts are incredible. Yeah, I love them for sure. Um, you gotta get him, Smitty. You gotta get him. Yeah, I, well, I looked at your whole roster last night, and you <laughs> need a Peter Hewitt. Have you listened to some of them? I have, I have, and I love them. Oh. And Andy Roy, oh my God, we pretty much grew up at Derby. Yeah, uh, Rave had all his birthday parties there, and back when Andy was around, when Rave was little. He would skate derby like so fast and crazy and <laughs> wore those little tight t-shoes. And it's like, who is this guy? He's wild. So, you know, God, we, we've been really lucky. We have had a, a very lucky go at this thing. All right. Do you remember um, when you had Raven, like what the, um, like how did you guys come up with his name? We didn't know. We didn't want to know the sex. We were dreaming up all kinds. He was going to be a girl named Karina, <laughs> which is a star in the Southern Cross. And we're like, we'll go for it. Let's do the sex thing. And so we learned he was a boy. And Bernie came up with the name. We have done research on most of the continents on the world. And ravens are on 
every continent except Antarctica, and they kind of exemplify a lot of things. They exemplify cooperation, they exemplify smarts, they exemplify just really, really, really epic birds. And being kind of bio nerds, we're like, I like that. Let's go with that. Some, you know, it's not so much the Pacific Northwest Raven iconography. Uh, it's just more an amazing, incredible bird. And the Pacific Northwest stuff is pretty nice too, but that wasn't really part of it. It was more this bird lives all over the world and spreads good deeds. Okay. Rad. Yeah, my uncle was a musician and he had a song called Tell It to the Raven. I think it was more of like that uh, Edgar Allan Poe reference or something from uh, Quote the Raven Evermore, right? Right, yeah. right, right. That, uh, yeah, there, there's the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Did you ever care or have a preference um, to the, the word mom versus the word mother? Consciously, but I'm a mom person or a mama person. Uh Yeah. Would you say that the difference is um, formality? Like, do you think that mother is more of a formal and mom is more like a relaxed? Or what's your take on it? I think part of that and also mother, like personally, if I call my mom mother, I was kind of upset. Okay. (laughs) So it's it's sort of a, a friendlier aspect. To momhood. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's like the, one of the hardest moments you've had being a mom? Have you guys dealt with the police or anything or like had like a scary moment where you like you were shook or? Yeah, right away what comes up, two things come up. One thing comes up, one fourth of July back in middle school, I got this call from this really down low cool police officer he's like uh your son was down here smoking pot will you come pick him up and i'm like yeah sure and that was before legality and all that and you know getting a call from an officer to come pick up your son was a little shaky but you know all that sorted out but to tell you the truth motorcycle accidents have been my scariest thing oh yeah he had a little thing where he broke his collarbone and that was really scary and you know people like oh he doesn't skate with a helmet how can you do that it's like you know skateboarding is all about falling and learning how to fall and he's a really good faller when he (laughs) skates but motorcycles, damn, that, that, those have been the scariest moments. Yeah, that's his worst injury, right? Yes, because he tweaked his knee and he didn't tear anything. And he broke a wrist and he didn't really hurt anything. Um, the, the, the collarbone thing, I would say, is his worst injury. Knock on wood, he hasn't had a blast-out head injury. Um he he's good he, he's a good lander you know but yeah. you can't control it that much on a freaking little bike no for sure it's, it's, yeah. it's sketchy yeah um what's like one of the most 
proudest moments you've had being his mother? Hmm, you know, really pretty much right now. He does all my shopping for me. He calls me every day to make sure I'm okay. We're totally socially distanced. He lives down the street. I've got the house he grew up in. And he is there for me every moment. And that might be a funny, proud mom moment, but it it really is something I value greatly. Rad. That's cool. Yeah, so he's living down the street from you now. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's got a house about three blocks away, so we're close. And it's easy. It's like, coffee time, come on over. (laughs) And we don't see a lot of each other. We have real quick turnarounds because I think he sees more people than me. I'm I'm pretty much holed up gardening and, you know, hanging out at the house. But he's super conscious of staying safe. Nice. Good for him. Fuck yeah. 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 Um, have you ever gotten on a skateboard yourself? Oh, God. Barely. I mean, I can ride down the road on the flat, yeah. but no. He got all his balance from his dad. My side of the family is not the most athletic, balanced group, but he's got, yeah, so not much. Okay. <laughs> um, what... Uh, Give us a little uh, insight on what it was like. You just spent 24 hours in the van, right, on King of the Road? It was so fun. It wasn't 24. I think it was 12, maybe. But, God, I get this phone call. I think they were in Sacramento. He's like, Mom, can you meet us at Petrero? I'm like, I'm down. (laughs) And it was awesome. So they drove from Sacto. I drove up from Santa Cruz. Hop in the van, all those chocolate dudes, and oh, bring some swim fins, because <laughs> I forget what Stevie did with swim fins on some kind of flippy trick, and uh, like I got the, he did it in two seconds, and yeah, it was fun. King of the Road was awesome, because we got to go to the meeting point, and uh they had the surprise guests and there was the toilet bowl race down the hill and oh it was that day that you were oh that's that was right the day. where he that was the day and he yeah, so got hit hill. by the toilet right yeah and then forrest and heath and jeremy they all crashed and forrest had his, his whole side was bleeding and i whip out my little band-aid and trisporin little tiny emergency kit I travel with and bandage up Forrest who I met like five minutes before that and uh, so that was that was awesome Blake went pro a few minutes later and that was very memorable Uh, we drove around to try and do all these tricks that were located in the city and yeah it, it was to to meet the group that was there and to be with the chocolate team in the van was totally, totally a memorable experience that was priceless. Oh, nice. Is it, without it, without hurting anybody's feelings, is there any Raven's friends that are a little, I know they're all awesome, but is there any that are like a little more dear to your heart than the rest? Mm, you know... I would have to say Elliot, Mikey McDermott, 
Vita. <laughs> Vita, Raven used to be on the A's in Little League, and Vita was like five years old or something. Uh-huh. No, he was a little older than that. But we'd sit together and watch the A's play, the Little Little League A's play. So Vita, I got a real soft spot in my heart for Vita. Yeah. But they're all, and the Oakland dudes, Rainy, Rye, you know, Timo, Didi. Yeah. Buzz, Blazy, Fatty, Gut, you know, <laughs> just that whole Oakland, San Francisco group. They're like all my sons. Yeah. It's yeah. a really good cast of kids. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give to a mom that has a kid that is wanting to start skateboarding? Oh, man. Back them. Take them to the parks. Go all the way. Um, the kids growing up today have parks in their front yard. Back in the day, I would take the kids up to Oregon. We had some pretty epic trips to Oregon. You know, we've always had Derby. Uh-huh. And go to Derby, birthday parties at Derby, support the local scene. But kind of things in Santa Cruz were out there. So I packed up Brave and different years, different kids, and just traveled 100% support. You know, get them out there. And these days, I think it's easier to get them out there, but... It's it's just a super, super wholesome outlet to get kids out skating. And I just said back at 100%. Yeah, nice. Yeah, just uh, encourage them and support them, but don't be the overbearing parent that's like the soccer mom that's like kind of coaching them and forcing them into things that they don't want to do, right? Just kind of like see where their desires go and then be supportive in those areas. Exactly. And, you know, if they're not having a good day, you know, let them not have a good day. They know when they're feeling it and just <laughs> back them a honey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> if Monster or Chocolate or one of these companies is uh gonna give a free trip to you and raven to go anywhere in the world where do you guys go well i've been pushing for a hell ride trip to antarctica (laughs) wow you think Um, you think there's stuff to skate in antarctica well this is the deal there's this big station called mcmurdo and they've got warehouses and they could put all kinds of stuff together it's just kind of a conquest because they've done like one year my gosh i think rave was like i don't know 2021 he went to all the continents in one year except antarctica and i was talking to peter his dad's retired now and he's like Dad needs a project. I'm like, get down to Antarctica, man. Let's do this. So they'd have to go to New Zealand and fly to McMurdo. And I would do that in a heartbeat. The trip to Chile, it was the first time I ever asked Raven who was coordinating it. So he said, Jalden. And I was talking to him. And I'm like, I love Chile. That's one of my favorite countries on the planet. 
And it was so fun when those guys went down there. They called me, they FaceTimed me, they showed me, like, the scene. Oh, cool. Um, you know, I love traveling. As far as a bucket list, New Zealand, for sure. Let's go visit Lee. Yeah, that's what I want yeah. to do, too. Exactly. I, yeah. I've never been there. Yeah, me neither. So so if it was something a little doable, attainable, rather yeah. than Antarctica, I'd go New Zealand. Is Antarctica, you can only get there by boat, right? Well, they fly. They fly. They fly those big, like, C-130 type planes with cargo. Oh. So they fly into McMurdo. There's a big landing strip. And uh, most people do go by big research ships, but you can fly in. Okay, because I suck in boats. When we went to Hawaii for my birthday, uh, I, I got all brave and I jumped down on the net and we're coming back and it's just bouncing off the waves. Boom, boom, boom. Halfway through, I like get to like, I get up and I'm like, I think I'm going to lose my lunch. <laughs> you know, that's what you got to do. Once you do that, you're all good. That's what they were saying. They're just like, throw up, throw up. You'll feel better. And I was like, no, nah. because it was like a boat with like a bunch of people that I didn't know. And I'm like, I don't want to throw up in front of, I don't know. I was all self-conscious. But you could have gotten them all going because half the people were feeling like you probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, some of these big research boats, they're steady. They're rock steady. They don't rock and roll like a whale watch boat or a smaller boat. They're they're not too bad. Okay. Well, um, this is a special episode for Mother's Day. Um is there any way you want to be celebrated on Mother's Day? I think thank you for having my back. That's pretty much it. Have we you... don't have any plan quite yet. I mean, gosh, a couple years ago, Rave's like, Mom, I'm taking you to Hawaii for Mother's Day. And back when you could do that, that was a whole lot of fun. And he, he's there 100%. I, I think both of us are a little bit of the philosophy that mother's days every day you know support the moms out there they got your back all the way right yeah i like that too it's like i've never been a big fan of like go skateboarding day either or like those things where it's like telling you that one day that it's the way you want to live by so it's like one day it, it makes sense to celebrate it like let's give a little extra attention to moms but like if you don't love your mom every day there's something wrong with you yeah, this year it's kind of fun because it's May 10th, which is the official day that it is in Mexico. And when I was on this island with Ray's dad and we're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to have a kid. And Mother's Day was May 10th on that year as well wow. in 1992. And so uh, we're on this island. We had all these Mexican field assistants and they're like, we're so happy you're pregnant. You're the mom of the year. And, you know, so so some countries have it not just on any old Sunday, but they have a real day. Mexico, May 10th is Mother's Day. So it's it's pretty fun that this year it's on May 10th again. Awesome. Yeah, yeah there, there are some amazing moms out there that have supported their kids forever. And... You know, stand back and let them do their thing, and I've got total respect for that. Right. Have you gotten to become friends with any of Raven's friends' moms through him skateboarding? Yes. Two in particular, 
Yogi Barris. Hey, this is Reagan Barris, and you are listening to Talkin' Schmidt. Who I have a hard time calling her Reagan, because she was not my favorite president. But <laughs> I love her, and one time she and Rye were coming up to the city, and she asked Rye to, like, divert and come to Santa Cruz so we could actually meet face-to-face. Nice. So that was really, really special. Um, I was blown away. She and Rye, like, they don't smoke, they don't drink, they are, like... Yeah. Love life and music and uh, I'm like, oh, that, that's pretty damn cool. That's different. And then for sure, Ashley. I mean, she's a role model for all of us. Oh, uh, Trixie? Yeah. I think we might have first met at the pretty sweet premiere and then... We correspond kind of through Instagram and, yeah. you know, her, her kids are really into nature. So I've sent them some field guides and it turns out now maybe Tony's getting into birds. I'm like, damn, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, and, uh, I love yeah. Waylon because I traveled with Waylon a bunch. Um, he, he was going on some of those early trips when he was a baby. But him and Reno are just so special. They're amazing. I, I remember... Uh, I forget when this was. I was talking to Pete about Reno and his, what does he call him, cave baby? I'm like, <laughs> it's scary. It's just a trip. He won't let anyone brush it. And Pete said, hey, it's Reno, you know? <laughs> I'm like, okay, it says it all. But, yeah, I mean, they're awesome. And, oh, well, this goes way back to uh, – what was that uh castle the california skateboard league back when the kids were little yeah jerry gurney's mom and jerry and raven and i we were down at the state games back when he was i don't know 13 or 14 or something and we're like okay meet you at washington street and so that's where i met his mom no and way. he's like oh side, backslide boneless blah 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 i'm like I have never learned the name of tricks. I'm an appreciator of style. And she was incredible. She's like, oh, man, he's doing this. He's doing that. <laughs> so, you know, there. she knows every trick. And wow. Jerry's a trip. I saw him at the Rip Ride Rally. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it was fun to meet her and meet some of the other moms. And... Yeah, Louie Lopez, God, he was, I wish I had my pictures, he had his hair down to his butt, uh-huh. and these super baggy pants, and his mom and dad were just right there for him all the way. Yeah, his parents rule. Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's fun, Rafe didn't really do much in the contest world, but as a little kid back then, when we kind of had to go out and about to skate big things and then he got invited to that that was that was fun it was fun to meet uh you know other families supporting their little kids doing this right yeah cool well um i love your spirit and everything i'm glad that we got to talk and catch up i i thought of uh i was writing down this list of moms and me and uh cheryl my fiance were talking about making a special mother's day episode and then uh instantly you came to mind so i'm glad that we got to uh catch up and get a little bit of you know background and stuff well i'm honored thank you so much for including me 
Of course, stay healthy. I hope that uh, this thing passes so we can all give each other hugs in person and get out and try to get close to, um, I don't know if normal is ever going to be what we knew it as again or what, but uh, I'm ready for the next step, whatever that is. Exactly. Well, I, I have a shout out to... Shout out. Preston, Jake, Mark, Grosso, and one of those who's still with us is News. Shout out. He has saved a few lives in his time, and I will forever be indebted to him. Absolutely. Man, That you saw the video, right, of the, Afri- of the van crash? Holy crap. I was in Mexico studying these little dolphins called Fakita. By the way, you like documentaries. You might want to watch Sea of Shadows. Oh, okay. It's about this little porpoise called the Vaquita in Baja down in San Felipe. And so we had a three-day break. So I was in San Diego, and Rave drove down for my my 60th birthday. (laughs) And he's like, oh, Mom, you might want to see this little video I made. I'm like, whoa. And he showed me that right after it happened. I was like, oh, my God. The whole thing was, thankfully, after the fact, because I was scared shitless watching yeah. that, watching Preston, watching news, like, uh, the brakes are out. Yeah. Okay, we got this. Yeah. And I have a yurt in my backyard, and they pulled it. They they plowed into the house. Rave's like, we hit a yurt, Mom. We hit a yurt. <laughs> it stopped us. It saved us. But damn, God, that uh, thousand valleys, thousand hills. I forget the exact name, but uh yeah, that video. I can't believe he was filming it. That was incredible. <laughs> I and know. I, so I don't think that they really it. knew how serious it was till like. You know, like it was too, like I think halfway through it probably, but like at first they're probably just like, oh, they're fucking around or whatever. Exactly. And then once they all stopped and the dust settled, God, shaking their heads like, what did we just go through? I see some videos. I mean, I'm kind of an Instagram lurker <laughs> and I see various videos of Raven doing these crazy things, but. More often than not, they're really fun things, but every now and then I see some pretty crazy things, and it, it, it's kind of uh, white knuckles. Yeah, I bet. I, especially the motorcycle stuff, I'm sure. It's like the, those wheelies for days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of it's really good. John Cardiel has really hooked up Brave with a great sense of biking, and he does, when it's on a bicycle without a motor, it's really fun. I prefer those wheelies on that. Yeah. Just, you know, riding hard on a bicycle. Yeah. 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 I like I like that John influence on the bicycle. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thanks so much for uh, spending the time. Thank you for calling. And can I tell you one other thing that this is of course. maybe off the record or whatever? Oh. I am obsessed with something right now during quarantine that is the most fun thing ever. Okay. The condors in Big Sur have a nest camera on the nest, and the chick is one week old today. And, oh, my God, it has, I, like, have my computer that I never use. Uh Uh-huh. And I have it on full time. I should probably put it on my TV. 
but to watch this little condor, I think you might like it. Okay. You and whoever. It's Ventana WS, stands for WildernessSociety.org. Uh-huh. This condor kit is crazy cool. I mean, back in the day when I first moved back to California to go to college in the 80s, right. there was just a handful of condors left, uh-huh. and that's turned into this amazing success story. And to see them now having wild babies, and uh, it's fun. Check it out. Okay, will do. You know that my fiance has a... Um, she does a nonprofit for the Leaky Foundation and they study like evolution and they go down to Africa and check out like she's been educating me on all the apes and and we just watched a thing with Jane Goodall and and stuff. It's been really educational. What? I did not know that. Well, Jane Goodall's down with the uh, she she totally promoted Sea of Shadows as well. But what's the, is it the Leaky Foundation or yeah, what's hers? it's the Leaky Foundation. Man, that's OG. <laughs> yeah, you guys got to meet each other. Uh, we have a um, cabin in Boulder Creek. So wh- whenever we get uh, back to a normal life, if we go over that way, maybe we can meet up for a lunch or something. Let's have lunch there and then go have a fire at Jesse's house. Oh, yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> Jason, Jesse, that house on the cliff, um, that would be really fun. Let's do that. Okay. Take, awesome. Take care of yourself. Big love. Thank you so much. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. But my mother raised me, so it's pretty insane to think she was a single mom raising these three kids on her own you know in the 70s and you know what is like a super conservative state and the fact that she's white and has these half black kids is you know like a pretty crazy thing to think about that i've never really thought about until i was older but you know my mom i take care of her to this day i bought her a house Christmas in our hometown, so I'm a full-on mama's boy. One, two, three. Hello, this is Tim's mom, Mama McKinney, and you're listening to Talking Schmidt. Stay safe, stay healthy. We're about to call Lizzie Armano's mom. Good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm well, just, you know, quarantining. Yeah. Would you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Eva Armanto, Lizzie's mother. Well, first and foremost, happy Mother's Day. Thank you. (laughs) What's the best part of having uh, kids? I think the whole experience of just going through, of trying to figure out how to raise these little beanballs into productive people that's going to contribute something positive to society. I think that was my biggest challenge was trying to raise my kids so that they wouldn't become mm, drug addicts, you know, or uh, sort of a a blight to society or uh, have society take care of them, but them to be independent uh, thinkers and creative out there to conquer the world. Nice. What was it like when Lizzie started skateboarding? Like, what was your reaction to that? I actually was for it. I was very much a proponent for her to go skateboarding, her and Max. I lived 
about a mile from um, the skate park, and my office was just a couple of blocks away from the skate park. So it was a convenient sort of after-school care for me, being a single mother at the time. And I would just pick them up from school and take them to the skate park and then spend a couple hours there till I got off work. And then I'd pick them up and we'd go home and have dinner. I wanted the skate park for them instead of a television or computers to babysit them in the afternoon. Right. Have you ever um, yourself gotten on a skateboard and tried it? I actually, back in middle school and high school, I was a big skateboarder. Oh. Which is probably where I got it. My brothers were bigger into skateboarding than I was. They used to ride a lot of the empty pools back in the 70s and uh, ditches and tail drop off of whatever they could find to tail drop off of. And um, I would ride some ditches and uh, just kind of roll around, but it was my mode of transportation to and from school when I was in uh, middle school and high school, towards the end of middle school and high school. So when uh, skateboarding, uh, when I moved from down the street from a skate park, I thought, well, here's a good thing. I wanted my kids to be outside adventuring. And the skateboard, I thought, was the best way for them to adventure. Wow, okay. So did you introduce the skateboard to Max, and then he kind of had Lizzie influence Lizzie, or how did that work? Uh, I took them both to the skate park. Max was really into it at the time, because I think he was like six or seven, or maybe nine. I don't remember the age that I'd started them. It was early. And Elizabeth is a couple years older than Max. And she was not too much into it because I think she was getting into her preteen thing. Mm. Um, but I think soon after that, Max got disenchanted with it because he's in elementary school. It was just one of those things. And she started to take to it probably within a year afterwards, possibly. Did it ever, like, scare you? Was there any ever anything that you were like, ooh, maybe this isn't a good idea? No. Nice. I I don't have that mindset. I don't think of things that will scare me. And I think that if you take all the precautions that you can, you do what you can do. But I think the most thing for me was for them to have fun and to experience this part. And I think as children, you know, they need to go out and experience everything. I don't think I would not want to shelter them. My mother, on the other hand, she was scared. She was like, oh, how can you let her go skateboarding? It's so dangerous. And I was like, I don't think it's that dangerous. And then with at the skate park itself, the people that they had there were so good about making sure that everybody was safe and that they were in a safe environment that it was even um, an added comfort for me as a mother who would drop them off to the skate park and let them skate for an hour or two or three. Right, okay. Have you become friends with any of Lizzie's friends that skates moms, like other moms through her relationships? Yes, I have. Throughout everything she's done, what what's like one of the most proud moments you've been? Oh, my God. That's, well, I don't know if that's, 
an appropriate question for me because I think Elizabeth is, well, I mean, Lizzie has accomplished so much in her young career um, that every moment that she gets out there and she does that, to me, she's a winner. Mm. I, that's my attitude. It doesn't matter if she places first, last, or even gets hurt. To me, she's a winner because she's gotten out there and she she's done what she wanted to do. And I think that um, proud moments, probably Barcelona, when she won X Games Gold, was really awesome because I decided to fly out there last minute just uh. to check it out and see. And it was so rewarding and fun for me to go and experience it. Uh, I thought that was really a lot of fun. And then just every time she goes and does something, anywhere. It, to me, it's an adventure, and it's it's fun. And I'm always surprised by her because I think she's a beautiful, you know, creative person, period. And I know that's a biased statement because I'm her mother, yeah. but whatever. No. But, I mean, she's got the cover of Thrasher, which was a big deal. She put out, like, a full-length video part. She's won contests. I mean, she's got – you're right. She has a pretty good uh, – resume of things when she did the loop were you in tune with what was going on with that or did you not know about it till after that oh my god so funny you bring that up i was so clueless i was so clueless period so i'm sunday afternoon i'm doing my things that i normally do on a sunday at my bible meetings and then i just take care of stuff gardening whatever and maybe even go out biking skating on the boardwalk so Ryan Endo sends me a text. He's like, congratulations. <laughs> Lizzie was really awesome, period. And so I text back to him, cool, awesome. Sorry to sound like I'm out of the loop, but what did she do? <laughs> period, question mark, right? And I, I, I'm kind of like, oh, so I'm out of the loop. That's just my normal kind of catchphrase. Yeah. Catch me up, I'm out of the loop. He sends back to me, ha ha, so funny. She did the loop, <laughs> period. And he's got this emoji of, like, laughing, crying tears. And I was like, oh, my God. And I start looking it up, and I'm looking for it, and I'm like, great. I'm, like, so out of it. And I laugh at myself. I'm killing me. And it was just one of those funny moments that I just, usually she does a lot of things, and sometimes she tells me and sometimes she doesn't. Uh -huh. But she knows that I'm always there backing her. But I also think, too, that uh, as a mother, sometimes we can intimidate our children. And maybe not intimidate the right word, but sometimes we, we give them um, apprehension because we're there. Right. And they know that we want them to do well. And they know that they don't want to biff it or get hurt or, you know, whatever. And I think it's one of those things where you just don't need that added pressure. And I think we all are like that. I think from just one of those things that growing up, you know, we're like, I want to impress my mom and dad. No, I shouldn't tell my mom and dad because I don't want them to be upset with me or whatever it is. But with her, we have this kind of unspoken thing that... Um, she knows I'm always proud that 
I don't have to be there. I'd like to be there, but if she feels better that I'm not there, I'm okay with that. Because I think what's most important is her mindset, and that's what she's learned, I think, I, I feel, and I think that that's one of the reasons why she's progressed as well as she has is because she has this mindset, and so she knows what she needs in her mind, and she knows what she needs to get out of her mind, and I think me being there was just an added thing of pressure, maybe not pressure, but just to think about. And I think that when you're doing these sort of things, any athlete um, or professional, they have to have a a goal and a clear mindset. And so everything else can be a distraction. And I just think that uh, she had that thing in her head and she was like, ah, it's not a deal. If I do it, I do it. If I don't, I don't, which is my attitude. If you do it, you do it. Cool. If you don't, okay. Right. we're all right we have another day and that was just one of those moments in time but it, it was the funniest absolutely the funniest because I'm like yeah I'm out of the loop <laughs> I, <laughs> it was so I love, funny I love that oh man um, do you have any advice that you would give moms that have kids that want to start skateboarding hmm well I think that if your child wants to start skateboarding, completely support it. Don't show your fear or apprehension. I think that they will take to it if they want to it. It has to be in their heart. I have seen far too many times where parents try to push their kids into this mm-hmm. and then they peter out after a couple years or they're really, really good and then they find something else that's different. I think that you just need to go by what they want. And if they show any sort of fear or apprehension, then, you know, don't pressure them. I think that this is something that's uh, a creative art and expression of the person. And you can't push creativity in that way. And I do think that as, much discipline as it does take, it's very creative. Right. Um, so that's my two cents worth in oh. 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the final one would be, um, how do you want to be, like what would your dream scenario be on uh, being celebrated on Mother's Day? Oh, I don't know if I have a dream celebration for Mother's Day. I look at every day in life as a celebration. I'm very positive and optimistic about it. Uh, Every day that I wake up and I can breathe and I see a beautiful sunshine out there is uh, a beautiful testament to my life. I think probably being on a warm, sunny beach with my toes in the sand it's also awesome to listen to the waves crashing on the ocean. It's a beautiful thing yeah. also. So, yeah, I, I think that the most thing would be for me to spend it with the ones that I love, my children, my husband, my family, my friends. I'm very uh, happy and hopeful. So I think it's beautiful that we have these things that we can wake up to. Nice. Nicely said. Um, well, 
Thank you for taking the time. I, I love your daughter. You've done a great job raising her. She's an amazing person. I've got to know her pretty well throughout the years, and uh, it's nice talking to you and catching up a little bit. Thank you very much, and I appreciate it, and I hope everyone is well also. All right. Especially through this quarantine time. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Well, you have a great day. Okay, you too. Take care. Thank you. Bye. From the mother of an X Games champion, down to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Let's see if we can get 2008 Women's X Game Champion Karen Jones on the phone. Feliz Dia das Mães. Hi, my name is Karen Jones and I'm a pro skateboarder from Brazil. I'm 36 years old and I live in Sao Paulo. And you are a mother, right? Yeah, I have a little girl. She's four and her name is Kai. Oh, nice. Have you had like a moment where it was like breaking your head kind of? Yeah, I think pregnancy for me was very hard because I was so used to skate and use my body and then I had to stop for some time. And in the beginning, I thought I could skate because I didn't have a belly. And then I I figured it was a little bit dangerous because I took some bales and I was like, I better stop this now. And then so pregnancy was really hard. Because I've been skating for 20 years and I didn't know like what else to do besides skating. And then she was born and in my head I had this dream that she would be uh, watching me skate and clapping. With like two months I would be totally back with my body 100% strong. And then it was like a totally different. It was the opposite of that. She was almost two and I didn't have any sleep at night. She had allergies. She ha- she ha- uh, she's allergic to cow milk. So it was really hard this period, at w- uh, this time where, when, where we were trying to figure out what she had. And I was like always tired, like breastfeeding. Yeah, so in my mind, it would be easy, but it was not. When did you stop skating? Like, how far into the pregnancy? I think four months. Like, four months. I, yeah, it took me like two months to find out I was pregnant. So I was like skating a little bit, but feeling weird in the beginning. And then we found out I was almost two months. And I skated for maybe one or two months more. And then I took some bales and I was... That was it. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore because it was always doing stupid shit. Like, I don't know, like play, playing on a mini ramp or doing like flat uh, spot tricks and everything's risky. I feel like it's the same thing right now with COVID. I have a mini ramp in my house. This is my backyard oh. and I can't skate. Like I come here and I'm by myself and I don't feel motivated and I feel like if I get hurt, which I did, I I um I got stitches like playing in this thing, uh, doing silly stuff, and I like sometimes I'm skating for real, like vert ramp, do it, like trying something really hard, and I don't get hurt, and and then I'm I'm in my backyard not paying attention, attention, and I get distracted. And last time I was, I was trying like a frontside hurricane, and I stepped on my board, and it flew on my head, and I had to get like five stitches. So I don't want stuff like this to happen like i don't want to go to the hospital right now like brazil is uh it's crazy we're quarantining but a lot of people are not respecting Uh so 
I, I, I don't want to take the chances of going out. Plus, like, the doctors are going to have to take care of me instead of taking care of someone who really needs. Yeah, that's how it is here. Are you in Rio? Where are you? I'm in Sao Paulo. Here, like, in L.A., the beaches are, like, crazy. Like, people are just flock. Nobody's paying attention to anything. Like, they're just going normal life. Like, so I was wondering, is Brazil kind of the same? Like, are the beaches full of people and... They closed for a while, and I think now it's coming back where I live. People come here to work out, and it's crazy. They're not even wearing masks. Like, oh, most wow. of my friends are really conscious about it, and they're, like, totally doing it right, not, not going out unless they need to work, unless they're in the front line or doing something that they really need to go out. But I feel like skaters don't need to go out. I mean, yeah. everyone wants to go and skate. I can't wait for this to be over so I can – go back and have session with my friends uh-huh. but that's that's not how it is right now and i feel like if people the most people respected the festival the festival we're gonna come back from like if the pro skaters uh spread the message stay safe let's let's think about the others because you can be uh infected and you don't have any symptoms and then you meet other people skating and then you transmit the virus and that's that's how it happens and yeah. we just lost we just lost a, a skater in brazil this week from the covid yeah are your parents still alive yeah both of them and my so, mom has a autoimmune disease so she's like really high risk group like we're taking it really serious like my my family and the close friends like we're not really going out for anything and it's been really hard like it's, it's so hard i can't wait to go out and skate but yeah you gotta do it for everyone not for us yeah the same here me and my fiance have just been like making lots of puzzles and just like <laughs> <laughs> watching documentaries and all kinds of different things what's it like in brazil for mother's day do they is it similar is- it's usually a very commercial date so like everyone gets presents and give for their mothers and uh-huh. the funny thing was that this year, I thought last Sunday was Mother's Day. I, I don't know. I thought it was like first weekend of May. So when I talked to you, you're like, oh, we sh- uh, I want to do a little interview with you. And I was like, whoa, I'm so stoked. I want to do it so bad. And then it was, it was Sunday. And I was like, oh, my God, did I miss it? Because it's tomorrow. And then I spent the whole day and, and it was like 6 p.m. And I called my mom. I was like, mom, is it Mother's Day today? And she was like, no. Michael, I'm so relieved. Are you doing a lot of these type of things when you're locked in quarantine, like just having to use like Zoom or email or just doing things for uh, social media or whatever? Yeah, I have the feeling I've been working like two times more than like regular normal life. And I promised myself I I was not going to do a lot of lives and I I was not going to do a lot of um, like meeting stuff, but uh, I just can't. I I hold it for like 15 days and now like i i do it sometimes i do piano classes and singing classes so i use for that and my kids school just had a meeting today with all the kids and it was crazy but it was cool like zoom or yeah yeah zoom and they're they're all four so it was insane (laughs) have you learned anything um from being a mom that you didn't know before going into it like that if you like we're going to go through it all again. You have some advice or something like that? Ooh. Well, you learn things every day with a kid. I feel like it's a second chance that 
life gives you to look at your like your own questions and your own um, difficulties through the lens of the kid because I have the feeling like everything she brings all the questions she brings is stuff that I need to work out on myself so I just try to pay attention to that and really dedicate and like it's a second chance and right. I feel like I, yeah I learn stuff with her every single day I think I've learned a lot about education and uh, positive education uh-huh. and it it's really a, a reflex like I was I was saying like uh, my childhood was wasn't like that like my parents were they were awesome but they were like normal and back then we didn't know all these things we do right now like uh, for example I try not in, instead of telling her what she can't do I try to tell her what she can do then I feel like that opens uh, a whole new world for her because I have the feeling I've, I've always been told like no 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 you can't do this you can't do this and I, I was like then what can I do so mm. with kids it really helps have you thought at all about how you're gonna be as a mother um, with skateboarding like are you gonna try to encourage it or like kind of hands off and see what happens or like uh, before she was born I I always thought that I wanted to have a kid that would love to skate I was really like oh I want my my kids to skate with me that's gonna be awesome and then when she was walking and going up the skateboard I started thinking for the first time like uh, like parents I was like oh that's dangerous <laughs> I didn't figure that out before I was like it's all right I do and it's fine but with her I was like afraid but uh she she's not crazy about it yet she likes but she readers like bring all her toys and put up on the skateboard and and push them instead of uh, standing up on top uh-huh. yeah on top and also i always thought my kids my kid is not gonna skate sit down or lay down that's ridiculous <laughs> and that's what she does exactly what she does <laughs> So like I don't I don't push and I don't do not stimulate like I I don't want to try to too hard even though sometimes I'm like yeah go you can go higher you can go higher uh, but like she if she's not into I don't force like I've only seen a girl skate skating when I was I don't know maybe like twenty five and like she was born and her mother is a pro skateboarder and I think that's pretty cool yeah her her reference is different in her head she's like I can like be whatever I want. I can like be a skateboarder. I can do music or do anything because that's not a problem. That's not a limit. As it was for me when I started, it was like, mm, I'm a girl. It's, I don't know. There's so many things in right. my way. Who were some of your influences when you were starting out? Like who were some of the people you looked up to or that helped motivate you to keep it going? In the beginning was my friends because um, – I didn't really know other skaters, so I uh, I met Sandro Diaz and and Lesio and Otavio were the guys that skated with me, so they were the ones that I looked up for. And then I met I met Lisa and Ana Paula and like the girls from Brazil the first time I went to United States. But before that, like my my dad traveled and he uh, brought me a um, Carabeth Burnside. 
Spence uh, shoe. Uh. And and I was really stoked to see like a little picture of a girl in a shoe because I thought I was the only girl skater in the world <laughs> back then. Because <laughs> we had we just we had no we had no information. Yeah. But it was fine. And then I was like, who is this girl? She's so badass. She's so amazed. She was like standing in in the uh, in the platform of a foot ramp and the sun was shining in her helmet and she was like my icon and that's all I got like a little picture like this size uh. and then years after I met her and she's always been an inspiration to me and she like also awesome. all, yeah all the girls I've been skating with Lindsay Adams and Mimi Noob uh, Jan O'Brien and all all those girls were my biggest inspiration. Plus the the uh, the girls, the street girls like Vanessa Torres, Emmy Caron, that were the girls that I used to watch in the videos. Like Vanessa was skating for Element, yeah. and it was like, it was really important to have that inspiration. So, are you going to be competing again now after having a child and stuff? Are you are you back to competitive or no? Like I made a whole video. To talking about it and I keep changing my mind like when I had my kid I was really like done with contests like I uh, I won x games 2008 and then I was like really into the content and I was like winning everything and uh, when I got pregnant I was kind of sick of competition and then I was happy that I was pregnant and didn't have to do it anymore because uh -huh. I really felt like I've I've done uh what i wanted to i don't know uh like winning one time and two times and ten times it didn't uh it didn't like feed my soul anymore there was like alana smith that did a uh, 540 on competition and mm -hmm. and lizzie and alicia and all these girls but like i felt like the scene was really slow and lizzie uh, lindsay wasn't skating anymore and mimi was like ah I'm bored of this. Uh, CB, same thing. She was like, why am I doing? Uh -huh. Like, and then uh, Olympics came up and I was like, ooh, that's a different thing, but it's park and I kind of suck at park. What uh. am I going to do? <laughs> then I, uh, I gave it a try for a year and it was a cat catastrophe. <laughs> catastrophe. Every single contest I went, I got sick. I went to Barcelona and I got sick. I was like puking and throwing up like bad for three days. And I went to Rio and same thing. And there was um, in Sao Paulo. They had in Sao Paulo for a park. I was like, so I don't have to travel. I'm not going to get sick this time. But I was wrong. I got like more sick than ever. Oh. Like what the fuck's wrong with me? So I don't know, like unconsciously probably uh, something was off. and. I was like, so I'm not going to do this anymore. And I changed my mind after that. And I was like, mm, maybe I should give it a try. So I don't really know what to say. And I don't really know what to do. The one thing I know is I love skateboarding. and I'm never going to stop skating. I don't care about the contest. Sometimes I'm going to go in. Sometimes I'm not going to go in. I started skating because it was free and it was open and I could do whatever I want. And every time I feel like I've been put in a, in a cage, with rules so strict that I have to do this and this and this. I, I don't know. I lose my motivation. Like, why am I doing this? Uh, who knows what's going to happen with the Olympics? If it's like with this COVID and everything, it's just super crazy. It's like, yeah, we don't even yeah. know. Oh, but it's, it's cool that um, Park made 
a lot of girls I was pretty much in Brazil the only girl skating vert and I was I was always trying to convince people to skate vert with me like I tried to convince Leticia Buffoni to skate with me and she huh. did and she dropped in and hit her nose and she was like I'm not doing this anymore it's too dangerous <laughs> one day she tried to teach me how to do a kick uh, 360 kick flip that was like 10 years ago I've been trying this trick for 20 years <laughs> and I just landed it yesterday oh sweet <laughs> Congrats. It took me 20 years. Yeah, 20 years to do a trick. I'm like, that's persistent. Like in your backyard? Yeah, like right here. Do you uh, yeah. have something from your mom that you've learned? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think moder- motherhood's really different for everyone. Uh-huh. And I, I wouldn't lo- know like one thing. There's like a lot of little things you just use every day. Right. And the one thing I've uh, heard is like sleep when you can. That's like partially true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like pe- when I was pregnant, people, people were like, yeah, sleep while you can. Because then after that, you're not going to sleep anymore. And like sleep's not, uh, you don't accumulate sleep. Like it doesn't matter how much you're going to sleep before the kid is born. After she's born, like you're not going to sleep and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really important to have... Um, a web of support, like people that can help you and can support, even if it's not like the husband or wife or the mother, like if you have like friends, anyone that can help you, even like not taking care of the kid, but like, I don't know, like making food, like help, helping cleaning your house, like mm-hmm. bringing something like for you to eat, stuff like that. That's, that's really precious. Um, thank you so much for taking the time for, with us. Uh, do you have any, is there any goals or any future things that you're looking towards or are right now? Are we just waiting until we get through this or what? Yeah, I think waiting until we, we get through this. I've been working on, uh, on my music a lot cause I'm inside the house and it's one of the th- things we can do and mm. it's been great. Like it's a good way out. One thing that, I, um, you, you asked about like motherhood and I see a lot of skateboarders that have kids and like they don't become mothers, but they become fathers. And as a skateboarder, it was really hard for me, like not be able to skate. And I've, I've watched like my husband could go out and do stuff. And I have friends that became father and like the day after their kids were born, they were back at the skate park. Because they were like, oh, there's nothing I can do. Like, she's breastfeeding and she just wants, the kid just wants the mom. And there's nothing I can do so I can come out and skate and just stay the fuck home and help your wife. <laughs> like, she needs you. Yeah. It's not, the, the kid is not the, the mother responsibility alone. Like, it's 50%, 50%. And, like, you can give your breast. So the kid can drink your milk, but there's a ton of other things that you can do and you really need to support your wife or your partner, whatever. Yeah. Even if it's like mentally, like after, after my kid was born, like I was crazy for a while. That's like hormones and it's crazy. And it's been so important to me to have my, my partner uh, supporting me through this time go wash some dishes <laughs> go, go do some laundry or whatever like see if your wife needs something she always needs something maybe she's like I don't know like water or massage like she's just 100% of the time like breastfeeding not sleeping and stuff like that 
So yeah. it's just going to be, it's, it's going to make your life easier. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Um, thank hopefully you. this thing is going to pass. We all I have know. to. Will, if we stay home, it's going to pass faster. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cheers. Stay healthy and uh, hopefully we'll see you in the future. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. That was Karen Jones deep down in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Let's go from the gold medalist at the X game to the gold medalist of moms. Hello? Happy Mother's Day. How are you doing, honey? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm just, I'm not feeling great at all. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I know you're not feeling well, but uh, we're doing a little podcast episode special for moms out there. Is there anything you can remember looking back that took you unexpectedly being my mom? Any funny stories or anything you could share? So one of the things I remember, Greg, I never expected, was that one night you were out and I went to bed. And lo and behold, the phone rang and it was the police department calling, asking about someone sitting on the front porch. I went to the window and looked out. And there were you, Greg, sitting there on the porch when you weren't even supposed to be doing that. And I had to tell the police, oh, that's my son. It's okay. The cat was snuggling on your lap, and you were just very comfortable. But we did live in San Carlos, and it was a safe town. It's just one of the things I never expected to happen. And it was funny, and we've all laughed about it many times since then. Were you embarrassed? What did the cops say when you told them it was your son? It was kind of funny because the cop, he, he was kind of like surprised, but then he was kind of like, I just want apologetic. Like, I just wanted to be sure it was someone that belonged there. And it was, you know, like late in the middle of the night or something. I think you came home and you fell asleep in the chair and and were comfortable, so you just kept sleeping. And so I explained to the policeman everything was fine and thanked him for being concerned. And it was kind of awkward, but then typical, it was something that we often thought the St. Carlos police overreacted on. So there was a little sense of a joke that took place for years afterwards that, you know, don't don't go to sleep on your porch or the police might come. <laughs> It kind of made us all laugh, really. It was a funny, 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 funny thing. So that's a, that's a good memory. It was, <laughs> oh, Greg. Well, we're putting together a, a special episode for you and all the rad moms out there. And uh, you might want to listen to it. Oh, I love to listen to it, honey. You're the joy of my life. And I, I, uh, I think about my boys on Mother's Day, about them as much as me being a mom. You bless my life, and I love you. Uh, any tips for mothers that are having their kids think about getting into skateboarding? Well, I think I think back then I thought it was not a good idea, but I think now I look and think, what an awesome thing! It's it's uh, it's changed a lot, but it gives you. Um, a lot of exercise, it gives you a lot of discipline, it gives you friends that share the same thing you have, it's competitive, so so I think as it's become more 
um, well known into a competition, it's become much more appreciated by the public. And I just think it's a good, healthy thing with always more to learn. And you've made the best friends ever. And they're good, honest, wonderful people. So I think it really was wonderful for you and for for us to get to see and know about it. So I'd say go for it. Let your kids try it. Get them aboard and let them skate. Just don't have them skate across the, the street in San Carlos. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mom. I love you so much. Hopefully the COVID-19 thing is going to pass so we can spend some in okay. real lifetime. I sure hope so. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. I don't know why this one's so hard to do. Probably because it's supposed to be so meaningful, and it really is. This one is for Mother's Day, but it goes way deeper than the mothers. It goes for all the girls in skateboarding and all the girls that have touched our lives, us boys' lives and beyond, that goes for uh, my abuelita, rest in peace, for many, rest in peace, but not forgotten, for all the grandmothers, for all our lost mothers and grandmothers, this one's for everybody, remember, go hug your mom, go tell her you love her, go do some gardening for her, go buy her some flowers, and just look her in the eyes, hold her shoulders, and tell her, mom, I love you. Because it goes a long way. Do it with some sincerity. I love all you girls. I love everybody. And I wish you guys a happy holiday. Thank you. Wondering what to get mom for Mother's Day? Visit Sacramento Shelter Pets Alive merchandise.bigcartel.com and enter code TALKINGSCHMIDT to get 15% off of your order. Get a tea, hoodie, or koozie for your mom. 100% proceeds go directly towards Sacramento Shelter Pets Alive's efforts to save the lives of shelter dogs. Let's check in with Curran Capel's mom, Shelly. Hello? Hello, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Are you on lockdown or are you, how is it there? You know, it, I wish it was more locked down from like what I've heard from friends that are down in LA. They're way more locked down than we are up here. Hmm. Not a lot of people like wear masks when they go out, which I don't get. Right. It's, really messed up so i've been playing shuttle driver for jake and curran and jake's in the very back of my van and curran's in the front with me because obviously <laughs> he's up here and uh i've been dropping him off at the beach to surf and ah so that, that's been my job during this thing <laughs> oh wow yeah how is it up there it's kind of crazy because, like, you know, we live in an apartment, so we don't even have a yard to go, like, in the back or anything. So it feels a little more, like, locked up. I've been getting up super early and going on walks before people, like, I put I put a mask on, get a cup of coffee, and then take, like, a three-mile walk just to, like, get some type of exercise and, like, be outside. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I've been just feeling weird about going outside in the middle of the day and stuff. So Kern and I have a store together. And I was devastated when I heard Newsom the other day said, we're not weeks, like we're days. And I was just like, what the hell? I don't want to open my store. I don't want to be around people that, you know, don't have to wear masks. And I, I was reading things about other places that, you know, people are taking it like, oh, you know, it's my body. You know, you can't make me wear a mask. It's just so stupid. <laughs> I've gotten like 
I've gotten in fights with former friends uh-huh. over, you know, their stance on masks. And we're just like, basically, both my kids have asthma. You know, Curran has asthma. Oh, my yeah. daughter Peyton has asthma. And my daughter, um, she almost died. Uh, when we were in, when Curran won the X Games in Munich, she went to the hospital here with toxic shock and almost died. Oh, and God. so her immune system is just, it, it's completely screwed. So uh, I was just like, basically, you're just giving an FU to both my kids and my mom. You know, it's like, yeah, you're just saying, fuck you. You know, I don't give a shit. And so. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of like smoking in restaurants or in airplanes or something. It's like, it's fine for you to smoke. But once you're like in my radius, it's like you have to consider everybody else. Yeah, yeah. When you guys had Curran, did you guys have the name already, um, or did it come after he was born? We didn't know if he was going to be a boy or a girl, but it was kind of on the list. Unfortunately, um, my husband was away in the Coast Guard when I had Curran, so I named him myself. And But it, w- it was on the list. Okay. Is he named after Tom Curran or no? Yes, he is. He is. Okay. Right. Yes. Because your husband is a surfer too, right? Yeah, he was a, a professional surfer. Right. What's been like the biggest um, joy of having kids? Um, biggest joy, let's see. Uh, you know, um, I would say it's really nothing that Curran's done as an athlete at all. It's more that I raised two really good people that care about other people and, you know, have minds of their own, you know, and I guess that's it. That's the thing I'm most proud proud of. Yeah. Was there a time where you were, like, most scared, like, dealing with, like, either the police or an injury or something crazy that you were, like, pretty scared being a mom? Not, I mean, I haven't. Yeah, nothing really that exciting. You've had good kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, we, I have something kind of big that I think I'm allowed to talk about, but Curran, um, he just had to hire some, God, what would be, like this lawyer that's known for his cease and desist letters uh-huh. because we had a girl that was claiming to be his girlfriend. So she, she wasn't like a normal stalker, <laughs> but she was, you know, making up, you know, conversations between supposedly she talked to me, supposedly she talked to my daughter, Whoa. she would make stuff up with her and Curran, and uh, that's been going on for two years. And so I would say that's probably the most afraid I've been because... He was living, she knew where he lived because she showed up to parties that he had had. And um, I was really worried that she would show up there and it would be one of those things like he said, you know, she said. Right. So if his roommates weren't there or if his girlfriend wasn't there, we would make him come back up to Ventura. Oh, wow. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's got such a crazy uh I mean I remember just seeing at the uh the Huntington Beach contest where people would line up for him to come down the stairs so they could swarm him yeah. and stuff. It's like 
Man, it's pretty wild. Have you gotten any recognition like being his mom? Like, are you have you ever been in like the airport or somewhere and they're like, oh, you're Kern's mom or anything like that? I I have. I was in I was in a Lowe's parking lot uh-huh. and some kid came up to me and wanted my autograph. I like, <laughs> don't want my autograph. Like, what the hell, you know? And um, and then another time I was checking in the hotel. And the guy saw, you know, my last name, so he upgraded my room. That was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you remember looking back, like, on his career at a moment where, like, you you guys were, like, you were, like, super stoked above the norm, like, whether it be his first cover or first photo in a mag or a video part or winning a contest or something like that? Yeah, um... When he sent me the, when he knew he was going to get the, the cover that he got, uh-huh. and uh, so he sent it to me, and at first I was like, is that real, you know, <laughs> and, uh, but I just remember it was funny, because I have our text messages from that still, and he kind of didn't reply to me, which Kern's super known for, like, he won't reply uh-huh. ever, and um, so I'm like, oh, I see, you know, you do a whatever, 22 stare and can't, you know, you're too cool to reply to your mom now. <laughs> and he just wrote back, yep. <laughs> but yeah, that was really cool to see him, you know, get something street and get a cover. That was, that was neat. Totally. Yeah. Have you become friends with mothers of some of his friends? Um, well, I'm definitely good friends with, uh, Jessica Lopez. Oh, Louie's mom? Yeah, because we got to travel a lot, and uh-huh. and so we just saw each other. Um, we went out to brunch in January, and we keep in contact, and we're definitely, and we were friends, you know, when the boys were doing castle contests, um, we, like, the families became friends, like, so it was even before, right. you know, the pro, pro skating happened, Yeah, um, and then, of course, Jake Anderson's mom, Susie. Oh, yeah. They're local. Man, the Lopez's are so cool. I, I got to hang with them at hotels and stuff for, like, dinners and drinks and stuff before, too, and it's just been really cool watching Curran and Louie, like, grow up, like, little kids to where they are now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of like we used to have, like, a joke that, you know, Kern and Louie would have to pay for their little sister therapy because <laughs> <laughs> you know? it was such just a weird way you know those little girls grew up you know in skate parks and right. it, you know it's been crazy for them so totally oh but God. yeah yeah definitely they're, they're, she's she's definitely you know one of the coolest moms that I've met I, like the most I would say unaffected you know like just we're friends because we like each other you know it's 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 cool oh nice what uh what advice would you give to other moms who have kids that want to start skateboarding um i would say um let them you know take the lead you know current um he came to us he was skating in you know our front yard when he was five and and he we didn't I, I didn't really even know there were you know skate parks to go to and then 
I kind of, you know, learned kind of through him, you know, and just following his lead. So you can't force anything. Right. You know, it's just best to, you know, like I said, take their lead. Yeah. Do you, you know the term soccer mom? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel, I and I know that there there's like a joke because when Curran, I think it was when he was doing his flip part, I would constantly say, Curran Colacosta, Curran Colacosta. <laughs> and so then everybody was like, Curran Colacosta, Curran Colacosta. Oh, <laughs> so I've told him, but it was just like, so it's like, you know, when you get to that point and, you know, you have Curran that forgets, you know, to do everything, he kind of needs, you know, some some guidance there. But before that, it was pretty much, you know, whatever he wanted to do, we were we were doing it. Yeah. I mean, what what how old was he when he turned pro? Uh, 17. 17. Has there been from a mother's perspective, has there been struggle or challenges of seeing him be so popular at such a young age? Like maybe part of his childhood was taken from him or any of that kind of stuff? Um, I know he didn't, you know, he, he still to this day, you know, doesn't understand a lot of times why somebody would want to talk to him. You know, he's kind of got like that mentality, like who, you know, who, which is probably better than, right? you know, the other mentality you could have and but he definitely is he's shy so that was kind of hard you know for me to watch with him because I'm also shy too so I I got it you know I understood that it's an awkward you know an awkward thing for him you know but we just kept telling him you know explaining why you know people and and how that would make them feel you know that that it's a good feeling like, you know, when, when he would see somebody that he looked up to, uh-huh. you know, it's, but he, I, I, like to this day, I still think he does, he has it in his head. Like why the hell would anybody look up to me? So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it is better to be that side of the coin than the other extreme. Like yeah. for, for sure. Have you ever personally tried to get on a skateboard and roll around? Um, Back when I was like, what, like 16 or something. Mm-hmm. So way, way back. And like same thing, surfing way back then. Ah, okay. So forever ago. <laughs> do you guys have any traditions for like Mother's Day? Um, do you guys do like an annual thing or? Um, not really. Just kind of, you know, nothing, nothing big, nothing special. Um, we just you know, it's more kind of focused on my mom, if anything, you know, because those oh. things, I think, matter more to her. Uh-huh. So, so like this Mother's Day, we're going to socially distance in her backyard and have some presents for her. So, I don't know what I'll get. I mean, usually they get me pretty cool things, but I'm not like a fussy, I'm pretty, pretty low maintenance. Uh-huh. So... So we basically just focus on grandma. Okay. So you guys don't, you don't put a lot of emphasis on like, it's my day or any of that? No. Uh-uh. Okay. No. Is, do you have a feeling um, like the difference between the word mom and the word mother? Um, I would definitely rather be called mom. 
right. <laughs> than mother um, seems, you know, like it's warm. Uh-huh. You know, rather than, you know, mother's kind of mother. cold. And, and I'm sure I get called. I, like, when you're saying that, I can hear my daughter at times, when, you know, when she's... Like, if you're angry, you say mother, huh? Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, mother. You know, like one of those. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I definitely I definitely like mom, being called mom better. It's weird because I think mother's more old-fashioned, too. But, like, my, my mom's mom was mom. But my dad's mom was mother. And uh, uh, I, I always... And it wasn't, like, out of anger or anything. I think it was, like, a little more formality or something. But... I always, yeah, and I, always, I, I could totally see that because my husband's mom, who he likes to call the Queen of Sherman Oaks, <laughs> he calls he he calls her mother. <laughs> that rules. <laughs> yeah. Yep. If you guys were g- given a free trip to travel anywhere, like let's say, I don't know, Ruka or somebody was like, we're gonna send you and Curran anywhere in the world. Wh- where would you want to go? Um, I, I definitely would like to make it to South Africa. Ah, uh, Johannesburg. You know, and yeah, yeah. Nice. That would that would be cool. Okay. Well, Happy Mother's Day. Uh, thank you. Thank you for spending a little bit of your time with us. Is there any uh, motherly advice that you can give to us through these COVID, this pandemic era? Um, I would just say be you know, a decent human being, you know, wear, wear your mask, you know, treat everyone like you have it already. And that way, you know, you lessen the chance of actually spreading it. You know, just like, I think the money and all that, I think that'll all fall into place, but you can't replace, you know, I can't replace my mom. I don't want to get it. (laughs) I'm scared to death of it. So, you know, be a good person and do your part. Good words for sure. I think, uh, yeah, you can re- you can get money later, but you can't. Health is always number one. Yeah, yeah. Well, stay healthy, and uh, hopefully can. this will pass sooner than later, and we'll all be able to hang out in real life and give each other high fives and hugs and get yeah. back to some type of normalcy. That sounds great. All right. Well, thanks for sharing. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. My mom, who was in Kansas at the time, woke up in the middle of the night and and was extremely worried about me and was like, something's, something's up with Dennis. Something's going on with Dennis. And she has seven children. She could worry about many others of them. But she was uh, tripping out on me. And, uh, yeah, come to learn that was like, Exact the exact time of the accident. This is Lisa Pavich. Thanks for listening to Talking Schmidt. Happy Mother's Day. Is it Pavich or Pavich? Pavich. Pavich. Okay, I see that's something I didn't know. I, I've always said Pavich. Look, this is, is how you remember Pay Bitch. Fuck yeah. I bet he's bet he's probably been saying that his whole life, your husband, right? 
well, when I met him, I said, what is your last name? And he goes, pay bitch. And I said, what, what is it? And he goes, pay bitch. And I was like, oh my God, I love him. <laughs> that is the best. Holy shit. Okay. Let's start from the beginning when you, you had Cedric first and then Roman, right? Yep. How did you come up with their names? So Cedric, I worked at a coffee shop um, in like downtown Baltimore. So I was friends with like a couple of the like poets in that area and like artists and stuff. And um, he, his original name that I was going to name him was going to be Friedrich. Oh. And then call him like Freddie or Reed or something cool like that because I'm German. And I always love that the sound of music. Hi, I'm Friedrich. I'm Friedrich. I'm 14. I'm impossible. <laughs> And so originally it was going to be Friedrich. And then this poet brought this name book into me from the early like 1800s uh, uh, England name book. Uh-huh. And I opened it up and there was Cedric. And I was like, no fucking way. That's his name right there. Oh, how sick. <laughs> yeah. So it was like eight months before or eight months into the pregnancy. And I just, I found Cedric in that old English uh, name book from the 1800s. And you knew you were going to have a boy. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I knew it. Okay. And then was, how did Roman? Okay. So Roman, um, my husband's uh, mom is Romaine. And so uh, with Roman, we decided that we could name him Roman and it, she would, he would kind of be named after her. And then we gave him um, my husband's father's middle name, which is Bernard. So he's Roman Bernard. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he well, hates Bernard. So everybody's got to call him uh, Bernard. Uh, and then what was the story? I heard there was something about you guys were living on the East Coast and Cedric wanted to come out west or something and so this is the story um okay. so we we're from baltimore originally but we moved uh three hours to the coast uh when cedric was a year old to this old like um it was like a waterman's town in maryland and so, in maryland along the coast yeah okay um and so it's like 30 minutes 40 minutes above like virginia's eastern shore so it's like way down like in the boondocks <laughs> But anyway, so we were living on the Eastern Shore, and that's the, where the boys were raised. But we, we had moved to a, um, a more touristy town when the boys started to get into, like, second and third grade um, along the coast. It was, like, 30 minutes from the Waterman town we lived in. Okay. So anyway, uh, they had this uh, surfer friend that had ties out here in Carlsbad. Um, he was from the East Coast. He was uh, had a sponsor. I think he was sponsored by Rip Curl at the time. And so he would drive back and forth coast to coast uh, and surf and, you know, do his sponsor stuff in Carlsbad. So at the time, Cedric and Roman were starting to, like, people were starting to notice that they were, like, you know, they, they kept telling us, your kids are killing it. Your kids are killing it. Uh-huh. And we're like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's just what they do, whatever. And, and we don't even know any tricks or we don't know anything about it. We're just like, we don't know. But anyway, so Cedric wanted to come ride out when he was like, I think he was 12 or 13 with uh, his surfer friend. And I was like, okay, yeah, like you should drive out with him because we were supposed to come out with a family a couple months before. 
But my husband bought a chopper with the money that we had put away. And he didn't realize that that's all the money that we had. He thought we had more money. So that trip to California originally had to be canceled because he blew the money on a chopper. <laughs> Does he still have the chopper? Yeah. So okay. when this opportunity came up for Cedric to go with his buddy, his surfer buddy, I was like, yeah, you, you know, okay, you got to get him out there. So anyway, it was a, a week before they were going to leave. And uh, Roman said, well, I want to go. If Cedric is going, I'm going too. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, well, ask Brad if you can go too. I, you know, I was like, I can't. I didn't have the heart to tell these kids, no, you, you're not going to California again. Right. You know. So Brad said, okay, he can go with me, but realize that I'm only 18. <laughs> like, I'm only 18 years old. <laughs> So the two days before they were supposed to leave with Brad, I got this overwhelming fear. And I, and I thought, I cannot let these kids go with this kid. But I don't know how to tell them that they're not going. So I called up my husband. And um, meantime, his aunt bought us uh, this 38-foot motorhome that was sitting in our driveway. Because she had moved to California previously and wanted them to come out in a motorhome and explore and see the West Coast. And so I called him and I said, there's a fucking motorhome sitting in the driveway. I can't let those kids go with Brad. You need to fucking put them in the motorhome and drive them to California. And he's like, what? That's fucking crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's crazy that I'm not going to be able to tell them they can't go with Brad. So you have to take them. So he agreed. And at the time, it was the beginning of the summer. And I had a lot of work going on because we were a cleaning business. And the, we lived in a touristy town. Okay. So my work was picking up. So I agreed to stay home and work and feed the debit card as I worked and Gosh. feed their trip across to California. <laughs> so they were supposed to come back in two weeks because Roman had a free week at Woodward, West, uh, Woodward East. And uh, on the way over, my husband hurt his back really bad, and they made it to California, but he said he was in no condition to get in that motorhome and bring the kids back across and make it in time for them to go to Camp Woodward. Uh -huh. So he asked them if they just wanted to stay in California for a while. And here we are. <laughs> and this is it. <laughs> what year was that? Uh, 2014. So you've been in California six years. Six years. We've tried to like leave, like get out of here. Yeah, but it's like every time we we say something like that, like the boys come home and they'll be like, "I I just got a new sponsor. We got to wait around another month because there's a big contest next week that we might be able to get into." You yeah. know, so it's like it's like time after time we've just gotten stuck. Oh man! And and your husband was it? Was he in a band? He's been in a band like all of his life. He's a drummer. So he's he's traveled around. He's familiar with this world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, and even if he's not, he just says, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure you cringe from time to time, but is there, where's the foot go down? Like, it, God, I, you know, it's like, I, the only way I can explain it is they were like, there was so much energy with our two boys uh -huh. that like, the skateboarding thing for them since they were like three and five years old was like such an incredible outlet 
Mm. I thought it was like so fantastic. And I thought like if all kids had some kind of outlet like the, these guys do, there would be like a lot, you know, a lot of good kids in the world that don't need medication, that don't need like, you know, all this crap that goes on in the world of, I don't know, psychological exams and all that crap, you know, yeah. because they had an outlet for their energy, especially Roman. They were like, they were like animals to tell you the truth. <laughs> And so this, like, I, you know, I've always been supportive because it's like, and, and another thing, it's their, like, they, it's their soul. Right. This, this is what they live, they talk, they breathe skateboarding. Yeah, they're skateboarders. And, and I love that because yeah. I wish when I was growing up that I had something like that that they do. You mm -hmm. know, I didn't have that. I, I turned to drugs at a young, at their age. Okay. And I was, you know, ended up being, you know, on drugs for a couple of years. Um, I'm, I'm clean now. I've been clean for a long time. Oh, is there any tips you can give somebody for uh, that's struggling with drugs or addiction problems that like helped you get through that? You know, I just, I, I ran and ran and ran from a young age. I grew up in the, in an urban environment and like oh. we were just wild running the streets. I mean. I, I dreamed of grass and fresh air and like room to run and, you know, and I always wanted to do art. I wanted to go to art school and, you know, right. and I never had any of those kinds of, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, any outlet to go do any of that stuff. Cause I got caught up in that circle, you know, that downward spiral. Yeah. And I, I ran and ran and ran and did it as hard as I could and, uh, was not raised like that. And I knew that. And, um, I ran really hard, and then at 26 years old, I was almost dead, and I had had enough. Okay. And this is this is before Cedric was born. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. And I just I just uh, cried and fell in the street one day in urban Baltimore, and I said, I I'm done. I've had enough. I can't. There's no way I can continue. And oh. I've never looked back. I've Great. never looked back. And it's I'll have 22 years this coming July. Wow, that's amazing. Good for you. I got a little over four. I'm a little bit behind you, but I'm working. I'm headed that it's, way. It's a gift. I mean, I didn't raise those guys like, you know, you blah, 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 blah. You know, you can't do this or you got to go this way or you can't, you know. I've always been, you know, because what I've been given has been a gift to me. And it was when I was able to say, okay, I want that. Uh -huh. You know, it was, nobody ever like shoved it down my throat or told me anything of how I needed to live or what, you know, I've let them kind of believe in what they want to believe in. You know, I've always pointed out where the blessing is and asked them, who do you think sent this blessing? Never any like, you know, you got to do this or you got to do that. I just want them to like, you know, live their dream, be happy, do what makes you happy. And yeah, that's all I you didn't know all that. How old were you when you got your first tattoo? I think I was 26 when I got oh. clean. Like, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, because I, you know, I, I wasn't alive before I got clean. Oh, okay. So none of it was while you were partying. No, no. I, I couldn't come up with 50 cents. Do you remember what the first tattoo was? Uh, yeah, it was this, it was this band that I have here. It's a Celtic band. Oh, okay. Yeah. And should right I tell you what that represents? If you want, yeah. It represents the band that you put on your arm to make your... Oh. You know, so you help can the veins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, wow. 
I wouldn't pick that today. It's something that you can add to, though, and turn it into something else eventually, you know? I don't know. I, maybe an angel overlooking it. <laughs> right. Well, see, you guys have had, like, a pretty crazy life. Like, did your husband played with Johnny Thunders or no? Um, No. He was a part of the... Um, there was an underground, like, whole scene in Baltimore. Um, it was called the Marble Bar. Yeah, it was, like, where all the punk rock bands went. And it was, like, totally under this, like, uh, historic hotel. It's actually underground. Oh. And, like, all of the old punk rock bands, like, from New York, CBGBs, that whole scene, like, that's where they would play when they went to Baltimore. And then for a while, he was booking bands, like hardcore bands and punk bands, just to do shows and stuff. And then before we moved to the eastern shore of Maryland along the coast, we actually lived in a warehouse in the middle of Baltimore City next to a, a guy that was pretty popular in that whole scene. Um, it was called Jules's Loft. Uh -huh. And it was just, um, it was a, a huge... Um, a warehouse building filled with graffiti like from I mean this was a humongous and there were skate stuff going down in there they had like ramps and they built shit inside the warehouse uh -huh. and they had punk shows and so like Cedric was born right next to that and was oh. born in a huge warehouse <laughs> how cool what do you remember some of the bands that like you guys were stoked on some some of those uh bands that would come through in in that era i think like one of the bands that he probably like was around and played with at the marble bar was uh Bauhaus. that was like oh. one of the ones that, that i remember him telling me about tough question probably but what's some of the like your proudest moments as a mother like oh my god there's so many um <laughs> how about this how how was his first step compared to his first photo in the mag Cedric yeah uh, well Cedric learned how to walk in this crickety old warehouse we worked at at the coffee shop in you know I was telling you in, in the downtown urban area and we hung out there and we had all of our friends there and everybody in recovery came to that coffee house mm. and it was like if, if you were anybody you were there I remember him, like, along the lines of his first steps, we let him, like, walk in the coffee shop, and he fell, and he knocked out one of his um, his teeth Damn. in the front, and, and he swallowed it, and it was, like, it was horrible. Oh, wow. So, like, that's, like, one of the first things with him walking, I mean... He's always been, like, really reserved. As a little boy, like, he, he was never bad. Like, he, he was just, he's quiet. He's, the way that he is now is, like, how he's always been. He's just, you know, he doesn't get involved with, like, a lot of, I don't know, goings about. Like, the other kids are like, oh, I want to be a part of that. And he's just like, no, I'm going to go over here and be by myself. Right. So he was always like that. But his brother, on the other hand. He's ready to get in there. Yeah. One of the other things with Seti is like um, when he met Wes, when we first got to California, uh -huh. you know, Wes was like, he was really cool and, and loved Cedric's style. That was really, you know, close to my heart. Cool. Yeah. He filmed a lot with them in the early days out in California. Yeah. Yeah. 
but back home when we were on the east coast cedric was like a he, he was like a a student like he was always like advanced in school and so i was really always proud of him for being so advanced and like he was just like super smart sick what are who are some of your favorite uh friends that you've got to meet oh my god so many all we, of the skateboard people I, I know you really don't like hammocky we've heard that rumor i'm just kidding <laughs> oh my god we love giving hammocky's our favorite person to give shit because he takes it so well oh does he yeah he's great at taking it He's like met me on a, okay, so I'll never forget, he actually, Hamaki brought us, like, it seems like when I look back now, it was like a case of magazines, of the interview that he did with the kids, oh, their uh -huh. first time, it was the interview issue. Right. And he came to our motorhome, we were living in a motorhome, and he was came and knocked on the door, and personally brought us... <laughs> like a case of the interview issue with Cedric and Raymond's six or eight page interview. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the boys had like, it just, it was like a spread. Okay. And he like knocked on our door and we were so proud. It was like, oh, wow, my, you know, yes. we're here. This is like the shit. We were the shit we thought. California dreaming. <laughs> I mean, hey, it doesn't get much better. You know? I, yeah. And like Wes was one of the first people we met, and um, you know, and we and he would pick the kids up and all that. But Hammocky, um, God, you know, all the people with uh, Deville from Pal Peralta, uh -huh. like he, you know, he was he was Raymond's first sponsor or TM. Okay. You know, um, Furnace Skate Shop hooked Cedric up with his first sponsor for Converse shoes. Um, yeah. You know, they were like, they, that was so great. Um, and then we started meeting, like, you know, Rhino with Indy Trucks. Sure. And uh, and uh, Johnny Layton with Vans. And, oh, and, um, God, what was his name? Their first, uh, it was Matt Bennett and um, the other guy. Griffin? That was their first. Griffin. Yeah, Griffin's the best. I love Griffin. Uh, and, and it just, like, that, and it just kept going. And then, and then I started figuring out, man. I need to go on these Vans Park series. Like I'm the mom. Like I need to go. Yeah. Right? And I and I started talking to Bridget. Oh, and Bridget, the Zoiners were like the first family that we met. Okay. They're really you know, nice. So they, they were like super cool. And um, and then you know of course Roman and Brighton started dating for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. What so, was so, that like? So me and Bridget were like best friends. <laughs> we were like sisters. We're like. Oh, so I forgot. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, and Bridget, she was like, oh, this is this is him, and this is him. This is the Pavich mom. And I'm just like, because I didn't know anybody. Uh-huh. And I'm not, you know, you got to meet all these people. That's how I met you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. So when the kids broke up, you guys still stayed friends, though, yeah? Well, I told her, because, of course, they're kids. I said, listen. When these two break up, you and I are still going to see eye to eye. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So of she's course. like, oh, yes, of course. And then it was a little frozen, like, when they first broke up. Because I don't even know what happened to this day. But about five months later, when we saw you, was 
the day she invited me to that that oh um, yeah the girls thing at man's that day uh-huh okay and she said this was the day that she could finally call me she missed me and said i miss you come hang out oh yeah Ah. So, but then I started going on the park series and then I just started like meeting everyone. And I have to tell you, Grasso was my favorite. Such a good guy. Damn. Yeah. And I know how special Cedric especially was like Jeff put him kind of under his wing at Antihero. And... No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, it, it's our memory just came up the other day with him coming home from from Grasso's house with a load of decks, you know, he wheels and hats and like, and we have it on video. Like it came up on my husband's memory on Facebook and wow. we were just like, look, I mean, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And he also um, helped Roman to uh, make some changes in his career too. in his skate thing too. I like those changes. <laughs> I mean, this is like, you know, and Roman yeah. is like so great. I mean, he's like, I, I'm like, can you talk to, because it was all going on because, you know, Welcome wanted to make him pro. Uh -huh. And they're calling me and they're calling me and they're blowing my phone up and Roman's not answering. And I'm like, Roman, you got to do something. Yeah. I'm like, call Grasso. You know, because Grasso was telling me in Brazil, he's got to get off of there and work it. I'm calling guns right now. And he's in Brazil and he's calling guns and guns is like telling him to fuck off. And then he hangs up and he's like almost crying. And he's saying guns just, he's really mad at me. And I, I, but he'll get over it. And I'm like, Oh my God, Jesus Christ. I don't even want to be involved with this. Wow. <laughs> he's like, no, he's like, no, he'll call me back because he just doesn't want me to be right. He'll call me back and say, okay, I, I know that kid's good. Like, <laughs> yeah, but he you have to make the these guys, make you have to make, I've learned that the hard way a lot of times. You have to make it seem so it's their decision. You know, like you come up with this idea and then you incorporate it and be like, this is your idea, right? Yeah. He hung up on Gross. So, wow. And then I got I mean, I'm in Brazil with all these guys at a table eating, and he's calling the cons, and I'm like, oh, oh no. And he's like, he just hung up on me. Where did Roman win? He won somewhere. Malmo? He won in China. In, in China. China. Were you at that or no? I was driving my husband and three dogs and everything that we owned across the country. Back oh. to California. No way. Yeah. Wow. So Cedric was watching the dogs here in California. I flew over to get my husband and get all the rest of our shit that we had left five years prior and got in the car and was driving across country. Cedric was watching the dogs and Raymond flew out to China and won. So it was wow. like the whole family just like got together and just knocked every single thing out. It Damn. was insane. That was so, last year. <laughs> that's amazing. It's, it's when you know you're making a, a proper decision. You're just like, oh, it's in the cards. Yeah, because we were clinging back to there for a while, back and forth. And my husband was actually staying over there for a little while. Uh -huh. And then we had, to, we had to come to the decision that, like, we either need to, like, be over there or we need to be here. And I chose here. Okay. And then I said, you got to come over here because the boys need you still. They're not grown up yet. 
they need their, you know, they need their diet. They need structure. Yeah. You know, they're not like there. They're not living on their own. I'm still like doing their laundry. Uh huh. <laughs> Is California r- rubbing you wrong in some ways? Are you missing the East Coast a little bit or? Yeah, we do. We miss it because of our family and like, you know, and, and it's different. This is a different world out here. Uh-huh. The only thing about about California, like we, it's grown on us. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's expensive because we, we're not professional type people. So we, yeah. we didn't come to California and say, hey, I'm a nurse. I'm just going to go get a job. Right. Like we had to, like, we had to figure out like, how, how are we going to do this? Yeah. You know? It's so, um, it is very tricky. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're just like, we're just now like figuring out, like Cedric's been fishing a lot during the quarantine. Rad. So like he just figured out like where he can go and like actually start catching a fish and like, oh. you know, so he's been into that. He's been fishing like a hell of a lot. Oh, cool. That's a good solitude thing to do actually. Yeah, Roman's been going fishing with him, or they'll like pack off their car and head up to the nude bowl and like camp out for the night and skate. Sick. Like they've been doing that. Yeah. So they they just got back yesterday from the nude bowl. Oh, god damn, lucky. That's awesome. I'd like to do that myself. Yeah. So they're they're like so I don't know. We it seems like well we've been here six years, but it's really taken us a long time to like figure out. Like what, what restaurant is good or where would we like to go if we're not in Huntington? Cause we've only been to like Corona, Inland Empire, or like down in San Diego. We haven't really been too many other places. The boys have been to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Said he came up with uh, Ronnie and stayed at Jason's house for a weekend. We had a great time. That's so cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was so happy for that. Like, any invite that they get, I'm always just like, I feel that. Ah, well, they're welcome up here anytime. I love both your sons. They're awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> True or false, uh, Roman won some money at a Halloween uh, contest and then ended up buying you an iPhone with the money or something? Oh, my God. So... Wes was going to take Cedric, right? So Cedric's like, yeah, this is my kind of thing. He can't go. Uh-huh. Roman. So his dad was like, no, that's not that's not right. He's going with you. And Wes was like, well, I don't know if I can get him in there because he's young. He was like 13. <laughs> and, so, and so their dad insisted that he get in the car and go with them to this fucking, what is it, the hell ride or something? Yeah. Okay, Thrasher Hell Ride. Yeah, the Diamond. It It was at the Diamond Warehouse. Thrasher put it on with Diamond. Yeah, so anyway, so he didn't have a costume or anything. I don't even think we had money. We didn't have money for a costume. We were like, we were, it was bad. So anyway, um, he went with Wes. Well, he got, he ended up getting a clown wig. So when they left the RV, we didn't know what they were going to be. We had no idea what they were going to do, how Wes was going to get him in the contest, nothing. All we knew was that Roman was going. Yeah. With Cedric. <laughs> so they, so somehow he gets this, this clown uh, curly wig, Roman, and Sally, um, uh, Robbie Russo's girlfriend, is hmm. a study cosmopolitan, co- cosm- 
whatever. Cosmopolitan. She knew how to do this clown makeup. Okay. She did his clown makeup so great. I mean, it was like precise. It was right on. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so they go to the contest. Roman is a clown. And this is on. This is going to be a live webcast, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting on this live webcast, and I'm gonna watch. So I got one, and I'm like, I'm looking, and I see this little clown that's like tearing shit up. He's like, and the judges didn't even know who he was. So they got him in the contest, and then I'm like, who is that fucking clown? And they're like, oh, this this clown. He's like, oh. And they're like going crazy and they're naming all the tricks that he's doing. He's like just, you know, destroying shit. And then I'm, I figured it out and I looked close and I was like, that's wrong. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm so happy and excited. And the whole time I'm screaming and my husband's in the other room in the RV saying, will you shut the fuck up? Why are you so loud? Roman got... I think he got second place. I mean, he, he was sandwiched in with Robbie Russo. It was Ronnie, Roman, and and um and Robbie. Okay. Or, or Roman got third or something. Mm. But it was unbelievable. He gets four thousand dollars <laughs> in an envelope that was like this fucking. <laughs> and his clown, he cried when they gave him the money. And his clown makeup, he had tears running down the clown makeup. And oh, it was just the greatest thing ever. And he brought this money, this envelope of cash home to us. And I mean, we were penniless. We had Obama phones because our phones broke. And you know how you have the $200 insurance where you can get another phone, but it's yeah. 200 bucks? Well, we didn't have $200 to even <laughs> get the insurance. Oh, wow. So he brought that money and gave it to his dad and said, buy you and mom a phone. How cool. And Damn. I mean, he was 13 or 14. So, you know, we were like, okay, well, we got to, we're going to hold on to this money because this is how we're going to live. We're going to stay a couple more months because right. you want all this money. And then it was just like on from that. I mean, that was like our good. Oh, that was like the spark. That was, that was like a little bit ago before things really started to happen for them. Yeah, that was like our yeah, like a like that you know what is it the chocolate uh, the golden ticket or something. Yeah, Willy Wonka. <laughs> wow, I'm that's amazing! Seriously. What a cool story. Damn. And so then we were just like, all right, like oh, and then like he you know Haneke like we met we started to you know meet him and meet people and and then it just start and then he got i think he right after that hell ride he had a two page spread in thrasher with i think it was one of his eggplants or something i do know that trick mm -hmm. good <laughs> and i know the 540 okay <laughs> that's yeah. it <laughs> but yeah he got a two page spread so he won the hell ride got a two page spread and then um he was still on pal at the time and um stacy peralta was going to do a documentary he was doing a documentary of our life over in the motorhome. Oh, shit. And in the middle of the night during all this, Jason called from Welcome, and Johnny Layton put another bug in Roman's ear for Welcome, and Roman quit pal in the middle of the night and went with Welcome, and then Stacy Peralta had to scratch our documentary. Oh, damn. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was really insane. Because we were like, oh, my God. 
why did you leave Welcome? Like, they, I mean, uh, Pal Peralta, they've done all this good stuff for us. They're doing a documentary, damn it. I'll tell you, as somebody that is trying to be this next Stacey Peralta, I I would have kept filming the documentary because what better fucking plot line than the, the guy quits the company of the dude making the documentary and you fucking film it and make that movie's going to be a success. Yes. <laughs> he spent $30,000. Yeah. Like, he was there for three days, like uh-huh. filming us morning, noon, and night. All of our, like how my husband was cooking bacon, playing the drums. Oh, I wow. was showing him how big our refrigerator was because we only had a little refrigerator. We could oh. only buy, you know, enough food for a couple of days to put in there. Yeah. You know, it was that kind of stuff. I mean, how we were living, how we got out here, how we're supporting these guys one yeah. day at a time. Holy shit. That's amazing. That's such a cool story. It's like living minute by minute. Yeah. But things are kind of, things are better now. Yeah. Now it's week by week. (laughs) Now it's like, yeah, I mean, yes. But you know what? My, my greatest philosophy though is just, you know, today is like all any of us have. It's the greatest thing. You know, I don't have to worry and plan and especially uh-huh. with all this COVID stuff, like my spirituality comes in at a good time. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering, what's your outlook on this whole thing? You know, I, I, I have a couple different theories, I guess, like everyone else, you know. Um, but it really hasn't affected me a whole lot because, you know, I'm over here anyway in my own little world creating my own thing. Uh I'm not a part of this like nine to five, you know, my job is over and like, I can't go out to the mall and get my, you know, my, my perfume and my lipstick for 50 bucks. You know, I, I'm not Mm. a part of all that stuff. Right. So I kind of feel like, you know, I'm not too affected. I mean, the kids aren't traveling. Yeah. You know, my husband is retired now, so he's just hanging out. (laughs) Oh, is he giving drum lessons? No. <laughs> Just chilling. Well, uh, is, do you have a website or something where people can um, look at your art or purchase any of the stuff you're doing? Hmm. You know what? I don't. I wish I did. started writing a book about that series of paintings that I did that reflected where I was at that time of like my recovery uh-huh. and you know where I was a, as an artist and stuff during that time. And I started writing about that. And I have a lot of, I've got like a lot of information in that, how I grew during those times, what the boys were doing during that. So I would really love to like. You need someone to help you kind of put it together, organize it and and put it out in a meaningful way. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And I got like, probably it was a, it was a period of, of about, I would say eight to 10 years where I just put out, you know, a, 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 um, a piece, you know, like once every year and a half. And, and then I explain in the book, you know, where I was and how that, you know, um, piece that I did explains like, you know, where I was in my mind mentally and why it looks the way it does and who I thought I was maybe at that time or, you right. know, just really like incredible from all from like the inside. Yeah, I've always thought, like, I don't have enough time to do that. So if there is an afterlife, maybe that's when I make my book. 
we just go back of my previous life and we just put it together. That would be incredible. <laughs> have a little art show and have the book there. And then pretty soon so-and-so sees it and they want to publish it. And the next thing you know, you're living in Malibu. You got two pools, one for swimming, one for skating. It's like, it's so crazy because I really started thinking about it. Like not a lot of people up until the past, like five years, not a lot of people, you know, talk about like, if, if you're in recovery or how you struggle or how you, you know, I didn't just wake up one day and get the way I am right now. This yeah. has been a road that I've been on for so long, you know. And when that one famous guy killed himself, he was a, um, he traveled around the world tasting food. What was his name? Oh, yeah. Uh, Bourdain. Anthony yes. Bourdain. When he killed himself, I was like, people have to start speaking up that there is another way. They Everybody doesn't have to die. Everybody doesn't have to kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's uh, I've been tripping on it personally because, like I said, I've been sober for about four, four and a half years now. And I don't know if I'm more in tune with this stuff because of what I'm doing or if like society has grown and more and more people are wanting to talk about it and figure it out. But we've been, you know, a lot of my friends have, we've all partied pretty much, you know, a lot of years in our life and some of us still are and some of us are over it. Um, yeah. But the thing I like to do is just try to be there for people that need help or want help. I, I've never been the type of person that's like, if I'm into religion, I'm not going to preach. If if you want to talk about religion, we can, but I'm not going to be like, you got to go to church. You got to do this. You got to do that. And it's like, if you want to drink, fuck, I drank like drink. But if you want to get clean, here's some ideas that maybe could help you stay wanting to do that, you know? And those are important. I think the exercise thing is huge. Like for me, like having my mind focused on something. I mean, you got to take your addictive personality to another realm. So I'm still addicted, but now I'm addicted to coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yep. I. It's funny, my friend, I don't know if you ever heard this one. My friend told me, he's like, we replace pints with pints. Pints of beer with pints of ice cream. <laughs> so, oh my yeah. God. I, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I bet the coffee thing is insane. Almost every person I know that's ever got sober is a coffee addict. And it's like, that's our new bar as we go to the coffee place, you know? And we're in bed by 10 instead of up all night. You know, we're up early. It's like whole no different. Doubt. Yeah. Well, in, in China, I remember seeing a couple people. Um, we were in Shanghai. And I remember seeing a couple people going to like have the coffee and like with the big Starbucks. And I'm like, yeah. wait a minute, where are you guys going? Like, can you take me where you're getting that? <laughs> and then I kind of figured it out, like who wasn't, who was drinking and partying and who wasn't, uh -huh. you know, on the trips with the Vans Park Series. And I, I met like a few people that like were friends today because sure. we have, you know, we drink coffee here when we go out or have a spritzer with fresh lemon or something. Totally. The the soda and bitters is my best friend at nighttime uh, social gatherings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. What do you think about, is there any uh, advice you give in that area? Like for us people that are getting older, is there some philosophy you have to stay young? Laughter is the best medicine. Absolutely. 100%. 
Always involve humor with everything you do and you will go so far. That's my motto, 100%. It's the yeah, best. right. And my mother always told me, go ahead, keep laughing because you're going <laughs> to you're gonna cry soon. <laughs> and I was just like, what? So I thought that was really true. And then when I, no, it's not. Like, no. I'm going to laugh. Yeah. Just have a good outlook on it. Are you guys planning on doing anything for Mother's Day or is everyday Mother's Day for you? You got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Mother's Day is like, you know, commercialized. It's like go skateboarding day, right? Screw it. It's like every day is like if you don't love your mom every day, what the hell's wrong with you? If you got to be told like May 12th, you better love your mom. It's like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, but I don't know. Like Ryman just bought like this really cool grill. And so, like, I don't know, maybe we'll grill up something or like. You know, yeah. we'll have like a grill session. <laughs> well, here's my suggestion. You guys get the grill going. You turn on episode 71 of Talking Schmidt and you just have some laughs and enjoy your day. I love you guys a lot. And uh, <laughs> does it get better than that down in SoCal? Get a little NorCal in your life. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, thanks so much for sharing. And um putting some time aside for me it's a privilege to get to talk to you you've done great your kids are amazing and uh, like i said said he already knows roman i know a little less than cedric i guess but uh they're both welcome up here anytime okay i'm gonna tell him that yeah we had a i mean when cedric and uh ronnie came up that one time we're still talking about what a great weekend that was jason's place is just so amazing you could throw axes and have bonfires and camp out in the yard he's right on the ocean so we had a really good time they're riding motorcycles and he's got old cars it's just like a little kid's dream like there's so many toys you know that well you know what we made cedric get learn how to ride a motorcycle we sent him to a safety course okay so, that he, can, so he can ride okay well next time <laughs> it's on and and the chopper that his dad bought, and the reason why we couldn't go to California, that chopper is now his chopper. Oh, <laughs> no way. All right. Perfect circle. Well, wonderful. Give uh, everybody a hug for me, and hopefully this COVID will pass and we'll all be able to hug in real life. Was it Talking Schmidt? Did I say it right? Yeah, you nailed it. First try. <laughs> With the I Prevent This that. Tragedy hat on, no less. Oh, this is, uh, I, you know what, when I got this, I was like, this is the best, because like everything is a tragedy, but it's all good. I used to live in that hat when I was drinking. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, and um, can we get a Talking Schmidt, like, shirt and hat or something? Yeah, for sure. Um, send me, t text me your address and uh, sizes, and I'll send it up. Okay, sounds awesome. I can't wait. This is going to be out Sunday? Uh, hopefully, yeah. I mean, Mother's Day is Sunday, so I got some editing to do, but yeah. Get to work, Smitty. All right, well, that's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed it. Happy Mother's Day, all y'all out there that are moms. Big thanks to Jessica Startweather, Eva Armanto, Don Breeze, Judith Eileen Lavelle, Karen Jones, Shelly Caples, and Lisa Paybitch. We'll be taking this Tuesday off. 
see you the following Tuesday. And Mama, I'm coming home. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com, where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes, with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper.